0: deep within a bleak and dismal era hidden within the murky internet lies the headquarters of the most sinister peaks of all time a legion on
1: zoom what's going on everybody and welcome to another episode of the legion on zoom as always and forever i am chez
2: yo and i'm miguel
0: bro you're sir chez
1: Facts, Being I am <laughs>
2: because just
1: like, see, I'm a man of my word, I do things, I make shit happen. I'm one of those people. I said I would be a knight of the LOZ. I've been through hell and back, and I've been knighted.
2: <laughs> it's that, uh, yeah, I like either you're knighted, or I'm actually concerned how cold it is where you live. <laughs> oh, like. Like, I feel like fans out there, we're going to cr- start a Patreon account or something or a GoFundMe. We got to get a heater for our boy because both Rod and I like with a shirt or something. And Chaz is fucking con frio.
0: I'm not going to front. I'm a little bit cold. I pulled the, the radiator <clears throat> out of my room to make space for action figures. And I'm not even making that up.
1: I respect that. I just want to make it known that respect. if we do open up that Patreon, I will use it to upgrade my current armor.
3: <laughs> yeah, I just improve. get more nitty shit. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> right,
1: people. What's up? And um, for those of you guys who are tuning in, just know that we will not be discussing anything about Wandavision episode five because we have launched a new small little endeavor called the. And I'll try to say it correctly for the third time. LOZ spoilerific mini-sode and because I said it correctly twice on the actual episode, much to my credit and um, yeah, so all the information, all the good stuff, all our masturbatory theories, for lack of a better term, (laughs) are definitely all just splurged and indulged and discussed in the LOZ spoilerific mini-sode based on WandaVision that will be out soon. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, exactly. It'll be out, you know, if you're listening to this, yeah, exactly. If you're listening to this right now, our episode five review of WandaVision's been already out probably for like about a week or something. Check it out. Listen, tell us what you think. and, And then the next review will come out soon, too. I hate it when we have to do that time math shit. Like by the time bro, we come L-O-Z. out,
0: you're a, you're a Templar, bro. We're <laughs> from all time periods, and See, exactly. We converged using this the Zoom tube technology that we only have access to here facts. at the LOZ, facts. and we use technology to review trailers, yeah. Facts, so
1: <laughs> it's kind of like our love of comics throughout time bring us together like in my time i was using scrolls and shit just to look at drawings of superheroes <laughs> <laughs> it's like the legends of tomorrow but shit here i'm down exactly uh, there's a lot of shit going on in the news um in the news. we gotta talk some turkey because holy shit I'm in for this fucking Wakanda show that's going to be on Disney+. Plus. I am so curious for something about Wakanda aside Black Panther and T'Challa because there's so much. Like, there's so much potential. It's a giant... Well, it's not a giant nation. It's actually small as fuck. But, like, it's so dense. You know what I mean? Like, it's so rich. There's so much lore. It's just, like, it's awesome. Like, I love the concept, and I just can't wait
2: I can't wait for it. Yeah, no, and I love that it's Ryan Coogler's attached to it, right? Who, who fucking directed the the first Black Panther movie, right? And, and I'm exactly. I'm like, there's so many ways it can go. I actually don't know many details about the show. Uh, like, do, is there any information about what it, what, what is it exactly going to be about, or is it just General Wakanda? Because I actually even thought. They could really take advantage about this shit and make it about fucking the history of Wakanda. That's what you I was
1: assuming it was gonna be about, kind of like. Oh
3: shit.
2: No, but I'm just wondering because like in the comic books not that long ago, they came out with a book called Agents of Wakanda. Oh shit. Which is supposed to be like this like shield Wakanda thing, you know, where like uh uh what's the the the, the that woman's uh, okoye, right? Yeah, like okoye. from 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 fucking yeah. Walking Dead. Uh, that she's, like, the leader of that group and stuff. and oh, yeah, Okoye cool. from The Walking Dead. I'd read that cross <laughs> <laughs> I would read the shit out of that. Yeah, so, like, I don't know, like, is it more going to be leaning towards that, like, contemporary times about, like, Wakanda right now or the history of Wakanda or both? Ryan Coogler? come on, pay attention, guys. There's plenty of stuff to do. Dude, all of that. And also, come on now, like, let's
1: address the elephant in the room. I'm ready to hear I'm ready to hear the word vibranium 15 times an episode. Yes. Because anything that has to do with Wakanda is like
2: every other fifth word is something vibranium. Like everything. I'm ready for it. <laughs> and one of the things that I would love about the new show also is actually one of my th- uh, complaints about the marvel universe is that i would love for them to bring back ulysses claw oh my god you took the words out of my mouth that's crazy yo what's that actor's name because he was andy like circus what? andy circus and hey, that's how
1: much you took the words out of my mouth i was prepping exactly what you were saying <laughs> Yes, that's how i had the name ready like like i searched through my like that's fucking nuts but all right go ahead. <laughs> Dude, like, I was thinking the same shit. Like, I was hoping that we get him back, you know, like, different stages when he fights um, King T'Chaka, which is
2: King T'Chaka's father. Right,
4: And, right. Like,
1: like, so insane. Like, oh, my God. I just had a brain gas and things to you. Thanks.
2: Yeah, because that's honestly one of the things I didn't like about the Black Panther movie, that he died. I'm like, come on. Like, Claw is uh, it's a key fucking villain in Black Panther. And also, he's fought other villain- people. He's fought Daredevil, Spider-Man, the Avengers. Right? So, I come on, man. And also, like, Andy Circus was pretty fucking dope in the yeah, role. But, and come on, like, they did him dirty. Like, how he died, they underplayed him. What was it, what, like, that
1: Killmonger shot him or some shit? Total
2: backstabbed well, him. There,
1: so, let me get this straight. So, this man can go toe-to-toe with Black Panther, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, just, but just get shot by Killmonger.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Like, that's, uh, that is like, in my opinion, something happened behind the scenes that they wrote Andy Serkis off. Oh, speculating. Because think about it. The character had too much potential, too much history. You know what I'm saying? Then to just get shot by Killmonger, like, that seems off. Now that I I, I had never thought about that shit until now. Because now that I want him back in the show, it's like, wait, they killed him. Very easily, too.
2: Yeah, and like, kind of makes sense, right, story-wise? Because like, they did it to so Killmonger could enter Wakanda, right? Be like, look who I brought you, like the, the you know, your, your your, your, biggest enemy. So like, I kind of get it, but I'm also thinking like, really though? Like that, like, I don't know. Like also then why did you do the whole heist before that? You know, why didn't you just kill him and take him? You know, I don't know. It's like, well, whatever. And also it's kind of like, wait, so you're telling me like they couldn't have worked together where like Andy
1: Zerkus like fucking swallows some shit that makes him act like he's dead just to get him. It's like, nah, they killed him.
2: Oh, good point. Yeah.
1: You know what I'm saying? Like, come on now. Word. But yeah, but then at the same time, it doesn't have to be Andy Zerkus. Since it's going to be about Wakanda and they do, you know, like crazy flashbacks, they could just recast him as some younger cat.
3: Oh,
2: all right. it's a good point, too. Yeah, so there's also that.
1: But I definitely can't wait. Especially, like, I want to hear about, like, all the different tribes. Maybe we get to hear about the Black Panthers before T'Chaka. You know what I'm saying, like we yeah, get to-
2: exactly. That's what I was saying about the history. Like, imagine that shit.
1: Yeah, that's crazy, man. That's crazy. Maybe they even discuss the first Black Panther, which will be crazy. Imagine like it's an actual Black Panther, <laughs> like the actual animal, like a god. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Like a man Panther, a Black manther. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yet, yeah, fucking, I'm all in. Can't wait. Awesome can't wait um for those of you who don't follow our instagram you're making bad choices in life so you should follow our instagram um we recently put up the Justice society world war ii trailer and that shit is awesome i have a quick theory about that it kind of looks like the animation from superman um man of
2: tomorrow man of tomorrow and you are correct
1: are we talking about a fisher price universe here
3: i think so i think so
0: (laughs) Which is cool, yeah, you know, seeing as how you know the previous universe ends with the Flash leaving you know, cause she just got so crappy and that's not a good lesson to teach people. If things are shitty, you want to like stick with it and try to work it out. Don't no, just you run, run from your problems, problems. You run <laughs> from your run. problems as fast <laughs> as you can and they but, will restart. But yeah, in this, in this trailer, it seems like we figure out where he ended up. And I kind of like the idea of him vanishing into the white void forever. That would have been satisfying to me as well. But seeing him come back might even be better. So I'm definitely excited.
2: And I'm glad you bring that up because I was wondering about that. I was wondering, is that the flash from uh, Apocalypse War? Because I don't remember because like wasn't his costume all fucked up at the end or was it like because when we see him in the trailer, hits like a prim and proper costume. Also, I do want to say for our fans listening out there, I want we want to give a shout out to our very own Rod. Check out our last episode for a treatment of the fucking DC universe animated, Relax. you know, animated universe right. where Rod recently <laughs> saw the whole thing and, and and talked up, which actually sets up perfectly to what we're talking about now, right? With the Superman Man of tomorrow and then now this movie uh, that apparently it's this new universe that they're creating. So is it the same flash? Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty That'd sure it is. That'd
0: be crazy. Um, and it's funny because you asked me uh, in the last episode, like, oh, yeah, is this going to keep going? yeah. <laughs> Am I breaking out? Sorry. No, 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 heart. no.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just for the fans out there, you know, we have to address technical problems to keep things crisp for you
2: guys. Crisp. Yeah. No. And- damn. Yeah, no, all right. We <laughs> had some technical difficulties. But, but, yeah, no, exactly. We were wondering if it's going to build. And it sounds like it is building and continuing. I actually, after, thanks to Rod's treatment and letting us all know that all, actually these new movies are on HBO Max already. Hashtag. As I you like, like, Max logo, come on, come on, come on, guys, give us some sponsorship. <laughs> we're um, working on it. I saw the movie. I saw the I saw the the Superman of tomorrow, and to be honest, I actually liked it. I actually liked it quite a lot. Uh, even mm. the animation, although it looked Fisher Price, uh, Pricey, <laughs> Pricey, but like it, it's not that bad. It, it also felt kind of <laughs> anime, like in a, it was good. No, I liked it actually. I liked it a lot. There were some really good moments that were kind of like uh, surprising. And it only got kind of cheesy at the end. But overall, it was actually pretty good. I actually liked it a lot. I'm like, I'm down to uh, continue seeing that universe grow.
1: Yeah, man. Like, you know what? I'm actually going to watch that this weekend. I know I've been saying I'm going to check the movie out for a while. To be honest, I'm just a tad dissuaded from Superman stuff. Like, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I feel like, like I'm of that camp where, like, Superman stories aren't that attractive to me because I feel that he's too powerful. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it's kind of like why my opinion why the century for Marvel isn't that popular. Like, it's hard to know what to do with him. But DC and Warner Brothers won't give up Superman. Not that they should, but it's kind of like I tend to be dissuaded from soup stories. I don't know what it is. Like, I try. They're intriguing. I'm into Superman events, but it's kind of like. Eh.
2: No, I get it. I get it. No, but I've also, I've actually slowly over time gotten into the to the Superman books. The Rebirth Superman books have been actually really good and interesting, and I can see the interest in him, you know? And exactly, and those kind of godlike fucking powers, like, you know, but there's still challenges. And for example, with this movie, I do think it, uh, what I loved about it, they showcased uh, one of his most powerful villains, which was Parasite, you know, who's fucking- or- just takes the powers of anybody he touches so he immediately can become Superman-level power. It's just like, that's what I want to watch. That's what I want to see fucking somebody going toe-to-toe with Superman like that. It was good. I liked it.
1: Deep cut, my first exposure to Parasite was on the Saturday morning WB cartoon. What was that? Um, Superman Adventures?
0: The animated series.
1: Oh, uh, Superman, the animated series, yeah. That cartoon had a lot of just ninety degree angles in the animation, <laughs> but
2: uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like at the lines, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: that fucking that was a shit. But uh, that was my first exposure to Parasite, and they they did him justice back then, in my opinion. I liked it. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it.
0: But yeah. yeah, so so this new movie takes place in the before Man of Tomorrow, and I'm fairly certain, given like his his short dialogue when he appears, that that's the Flash of the previous universe and he, he has like the same move 52 like chin guard in it and like stylistically his costume looks like that and okay. he's confused too he's like i just you know he i just popped in whatever and then you get Jake garrick in it and you get like this really badass wonder woman and also i think that the art style um i'm gonna butcher his name and i forgot to mention this last episode but the the primary artist for the entirety of the DCAMU was Phil, Miguel, help me out. Phil uh, yeah. Yes, the, yeah, Phil check Barasa. out his art. Uh-huh. Uh, he does Young Justice, all this stuff. Um, so yeah, it, that worked really well, but I'm seeing the way they're moving and it's a reminiscent of the old Superman Fleischer cartoons, which I still adore and I'll secretly yeah. watch late at night. Um, so I'm looking forward to a new spin, and it's a soft reboot-ish. It's not like a total wiping of the past because you still have a guy that remembers, much like the comic books, right? right. Every time there's a crisis event, someone remembers it, blah, blah, blah.
1: Props to Warner Brothers in DC for using the Flash like that. You know what I mean? Like, in their endless like, bullshit cycle of crisis and reinventions of the multiverse and yada, yada, yada. I like the fact that they used the Flash as, like, a foothold for that shit. Right.
0: You know what I mean? A lightning um, rod, if you will. Oh, Boom. And also, the, um, the Chez's thoughts do not reflect the thoughts of the LOZ. I want to just mention that. DC, correct. your crises aren't bullshit. I love them, <laughs> particularly the work of Jeff Johns. And Man,
1: get that, <laughs> get that shit together. <laughs> what was, dude, like, they started with their, I think, what was the first one? Was it DC? Um, I de- no, 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 it wasn't a no, g- crisis, 임, crisis Zero on infinite hour. earth. No, 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 no no, 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 that's the original one. Yeah, um, in the, the 70s, original one. The <laughs> 80s. Wait, sorry, sorry. I'm talking about like when I was in high school. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Okay, we're sorry having... guys, I had to cough. Sorry about it's, that. Guys. It's zero <laughs> hour,
0: then uh, uh, crisis on infinite earths. Then, um,
2: no, crisis on infinite earths is the first one, yeah. Then, then, zero, we have hour. then zero hour and zero hour because then when I was in high school, it was
1: what was it? Um, identity crisis that kicked off a whole but that's a... slew of like final crisis, infinite crisis,
2: right? But identity crisis, I don't think falls within those crises that were actually uh, like multiverse. Affecting because when they did Crisis on Infinite Earths because they had a fucked up continuity and they're trying to connect all that stuff. And so that's why they had that event to try to reconnect that. And then that's what led to the famous Superman number one issue, you know, that they're actually trying to retell his story in a new way and and all those kinds of things. And then I think you're right. I think it was zero hour after that. Then yeah, Identity Crisis too, but that's like uh, separate. And then I think it was Final Crisis. Which was the Grant Morrison written one, I think. I think it's Infinite
0: Crisis, then Final Crisis, crisis. and then Crises after Crises. And now, like, I guess
2: Rebirth or something now, right? And,
0: bro, like, if DC was a person, you just wouldn't want that
1: person in your life.
0: (laughs) Some schizophrenic. Does he know who he is? What
1: the fuck, bro?
0: Definitely go, go to our page on IG and check out that trailer. I think it's really cool and it's. Maybe this kind of Fisher Price, you know, you put that <laughs> thought out there into the I know, ether. I love that DC artwork.
2: I love it. I love it. I love the art too, and I do think, Chesley, I guess because we talked about it, but I don't think we've told people what's it about. Yeah, but like, see the trailer. But I think, right, it's about it's set like for the fucking Justice Society. I think we're getting a proper Justice Society film, right? We got the OGS. Fucking- and what I love, it's got Wonder Woman on it, right? You know, fucking... And we have the OGs, Jay Garrick, fucking uh, uh, Dr. Fate, right, too, and, like... Our Hawk, Man, I think. Our Man, here. Hawkman. Exactly. In fucking World War II, fighting fucking Nazis, you know? And then we got the Flash joining in to try to... And what I love about the trailer, too, like, the Flash is like, I don't give a fuck about, like, the future that's dead. I'm going to change whatever I can, right? Like, just help out and fuck the butterfly effect and it looks good the flash just has to stop
1: (laughs) just fucking stop just just stop like stop fucking shit up (laughs) like why isn't the flash regarded as the villain at this point he's done more damage than zoom you get what i'm saying Like, like like the reverse flash has only like attacked him you know like a lot of the time like um barry just keeps fucking shit up on a cosmic scale like over and over like stop <laughs> like just let it go um but yeah the definitely definitely excited about that it's about time we get a justice society thing shit um has ever been like a real no? we did get a live action incarnation right in the Arrowverse of the justice society no or i'm bugging
0: I think so. Yeah. I also got one on Smallville. We getting shades of one on Stargirl.
3: Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, all right. So but yeah, I'm glad that the uh, the OG lineup that inspired the JLA, um, at least I think it did, kinda like it's getting it's like it's getting thrown out there on a more bigger like on a way bigger platform. I'm super excited about that. Um, until more superhero team-esque news. Titans season three, it's getting hits. Tim Drake, and I hope I'm not butchering his last name, Jay Lissergo. That's what it looks like. Or
2: I'm sure it's not this way, but like
0: I think it's like I would
2: I would yeah, I thought it was that, that too. I thought I was like Kurgo. Yeah, like cargo like Kurgo. I don't know.
1: All right, but either or I'm sure I'm sure we said it correctly somewhere along the line.
2: And <laughs> damn, I'm surprised
1: they're going with Tim Drake. Like there's a lot of robins in the show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, word. They might lose one in Jason Todd, who's already been um shown as Red Hood in early like, you know, peaks at the costume. You know, uh and you know, obviously the Grayson is Nightwing, so maybe there's a vacancy and Bruce Wayne just likes to have young boys in his crib. Whatever, <laughs> whatever the case may be. I'm looking forward to see how they treat the Tim Drake character cuz it will be his first live action appearance.
2: Facts. And I I love that you mentioned exactly the fucking Bruce Wayne with the young boys. because I really do hope <laughs> that like, I hope this Titan season three is set like years after the season finale, because I'd be like, Batman, how did you get a new Robin that fast? Like fucking like fucking Dick Grayson left. All right. I got Jason Thigh. He's right there. I, I already had a boy, bro. <laughs> He already had a young boy scoped out. And he's like, all right, Jason Todd. all right, I got another young boy ready. Tim Drake comes. Young boy ready.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: (laughs) But it makes me wonder exactly, like, how much of the – because, like, honestly, for me, I think Tim Drake's, I think, might be my favorite Robin, you know, because Dick Grayson, you know, I love him as Nightwing. You know, He, he obviously was a great Robin. But, like, I don't know, Tim Drake, for me, it's always been, like, favorite one. And it'll be great to see how much of his, like, Uh, tech savviness and that kind of stuff comes out you know and even the things about like because for example i think if i correct me if i'm wrong like because in the books like tim drake becomes robin because he figures out that batman is bruce wayne you know it kind of goes up to him like yo what's up dude like i know who you are i want in it's like that's fucking oh fucking smart and also you know obviously he experiences tragic tragedy later on in his life oh actually which is shout out to identity crisis oh man one of yeah. my
0: all-time favorite comic book scenes if you haven't oh. read it already take up that mini now yeah. brad metzler and rags morales
1: mm-hmm. and for the sake of originality i hope they kind of rush his plot as robin so we get to see a live action red robin
0: given the way the show's going it's not crazy but i do like right i hope they do fast forward uh for the next season and we don't even know when it's gonna drop you know it should have been out already but we give them leeway because of covid but they got to give us a release date already for this thing might come out like late spring who knows maybe even next fall we don't know shit right now we might even get sir jorah batman back
2: ah yes yes well well, I think we're probably probably pretty sure we will um but actually speaking of Batman and all that like I I wanted to get your guys' thoughts because you guys know like the biggest thing about this casting right because like Jade like Urgo I don't really know who he is I haven't seen him in other shit you know uh he looks cool I think like I don't know what his ethnicity is but he looks brown so I'm like dope for a brown (laughs) Tim Drake so that's kind of cool but do you you guys know that he's in the Batman movie, right? With Robert what? Pattinson. Yeah. He's in that movie. As as oh, Tim Drake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't know. I don't they haven't revealed who he is in the movie. I think uh. he came out in the trailer as one of the kids that had like half of the Joker face on ah, or something. Yeah. And so maybe he's just a side, you know, character there, or you know, who knows? But like, I don't know, man. I don't know. Fucking who knows what if it is fucking the same universe? Ah, that'll probably not. Of course not. <laughs> nah, that...
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I do like Titans, but I would hate for that to be the, the fact.
1: <laughs> Even, that would throw off the whole Batman thing. Like, wait, what? Like, huh? Straight <laughs> of chronologically speaking, that'd be crazy.
2: That would make no sense. So I don't know why I said that, but yes. <laughs> but like. But...
1: <laughs> I'm excited to see his iteration of the Robin suit. They've been like pretty consistent throughout, I think I would say. And you know how each Robin kind of has like his own take on the outfit. I'm excited to see what they're going to do for Tim Drake. The one thing that I kind of read that, like he was like a street kid of some sort, the way they were taking the character, which is kind of like a little bit away from the canon, which is like a preppy rich school kid. Right.
0: Yeah, Uh, a suburban kid. Yeah, suburban kid. Yeah.
1: So it's going to be interesting because isn't that kind of like the same thing it played out with Jason Todd? So they're kind of like just setting up the motif that he just picks kids off the street.
0: <laughs> Maybe. Like, like orphans and stuff. Damn, And, man, I, man. and I, I feel like they're going to do an amalgamation of Tim Drake and Duke Thomas for this character. Give, I'm just guessing yeah. given the look of the character. And for the fans that don't know, Duke Thomas is now the signal, but... I think he debuted in War of the Robins, which was an event. Like, yeah, a few years ago. He's a cool Word. character. Another new, another new young uh, soldier for Batman's unending war crime. <laughs> an unending supply of child, child soldiers. <laughs> he should be tried for war crimes, bro.
2: <laughs> Yo, and but speaking of the suit, right? Like what his Robin's is gonna look like. But to be honest, I really do think that, for example, Dick Grayson's Robin look in the show. I think it's really heavily influenced by Tim Drake's Robin suit, you know? I think, honestly, (laughs) Tim Drake had the best suit because he didn't have the fucking little short shorts, you know? Yeah, the (laughs) The thighs
0: out. I never (laughs) got why his thighs were out. Like in the Adam West version and all that, I'm like, how?
2: A distraction. (laughs) And there was, like, shaved... For
0: the enemy
2: <laughs> it's either they're shaved or he's so young he oh doesn't even have God, hair like it's
0: more disturbing <laughs> Just in the heat of combat for his life what was that book like seduction of the Innocents, like way back when the comics code authority came yeah, to his yeah, parents yeah. were worried that the batman narrative was pushing like a, a an, an undertone of homosexuality or or pedophilia <laughs> i don't know
3: I love yeah. the fact that they skip... The Innocent,
0: I think, it's called. I love the, <laughs> the fact, fact that they skip over,
1: that. like, inspiration of, like, vigilantism. <laughs> it, like, it inspires, like, homoerotic thoughts. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, what?
0: And um, I like that in Batman and Robin, the animated... Not I'm sorry, not Batman and Robin, Batman and Harley Quinn, which is also on HBO Max, uh, Harley Quinn makes a comment about that when she has Dick Grayson chained up to the bed. He's, like, handcuffed to the bed, and she's... Anyway... Check that out if you haven't already. I'd love anything with Harley Quinn in it. All
2: right, and we'll check it out. We're
1: we're definitely. And something that's kind of surprising, fucking Amazon just keeps hitting it out of the park. Because to be honest, I'm assuming this shit is going to be amazing, especially after being so obsessed with the boys. Invincible, one of the most highly regarded comic book series of all time, created by the man himself, Robert Kirkman, also responsible for creating The Walking Dead, is coming out on March 26 on Amazon. Holy shit. That's huge. For the fans that don't know about Invincible, check that shit out.
2: Yes, cannot wait for that. And I think we've talked in pre in season one, we talked about the trailer for for uh for Invincible, which you know, you could probably YouTube it, but don't do that. Go to Legion on Zoom uh, fucking on Instagram, you know, fucking and scroll through our shit and you'll find our old fucking Invincible <laughs> trailer that we posted and yeah, like it. It's totally cool with us if you like our old post like that, like a creepy fucking stalker. It's all
0: yeah. Good. DM us, man.
2: Go yeah, through
1: every single post.
2: <laughs> and it looks great. The art looks just like Ryan Otley's art, you know, and, and so I'm excited that a little finally we got a premiere date and, and it's not that far away.
0: Shout out to Ryan Otley. Yes. Superior
2: Spider-Man, right? uh no 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 he he did the spider-man no he did amazing spider-man like in the recent run by nick spencer yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i look he
1: saw like the look of disappointment in rod's face for being wrong for a second word
3: (laughs) that's right i
0: I, I, I like that i'm i'm getting like robert kirkman's stories like in different mediums because i didn't read the walking dead i read (laughs) the first two volumes of invincible but i'm still gonna get the story like one way or the other although by now the walking dead show has probably deviated tremendously from the comic i don't even know that shit's even still running. What The I Walking Dead? Is, I think yeah. so. Because yeah.
1: it's also like uh, Beware the Walking Dead, that spin-off shit. Like,
0: and a Rick movie? Movie. Rick. a Rick movie. Oh, There's a Rick movie. Word. That's the plan. Yeah, they're yeah. developing it. Mm-hmm. What's his name? What? Abraham Lincoln. What's that guy's name?
1: <laughs> Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> what's his name isn't it? Andrew Lincoln. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, t-
0: tell me he wouldn't play a good Abraham Lincoln. Four score.
1: <laughs> but we did have an Abraham Lincoln.
0: Oh, the was, Vampire Hunter one?
1: No, 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 no. Um, That movie Lincoln. Wasn't he played by the same guy that did uh, Bill the Butcher, William Cutting in Gangs of New York? I think he was Lincoln, right?
3: Was that I... guy's name?
1: <laughs> From There Will Be Blood? Damn, I'm just giving up like a bunch of names, but I can't. Oh, remember.
2: word. Ah, uh, fuck. Oh, <laughs> what?
0: No, no, I'm not going to guess because this is going to turn into a shit show.
1: <laughs> now, what
0: just is throw that names in? out there.
1: Gosh, what is that man's name?
0: Anyway. Inventable anyway. It's dropping guy. on Amazon. I'm looking forward to it. And it's supposed to be graphic, like dark. I, I like my animation dark now that I'm an adult and shit. I want blood, maybe a titty.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's from which they, pulled,
0: which, they <laughs> which they pulled off in, uh, which I didn't go into last episode, but I won't now. I'll spare you people. I'll spare all three of you listening. The hell to pay. <laughs> Uh, the Suicide Squad film in the DCAMU. I was going to fucking remind myself. But yeah, that one was pretty edgy. Like, that one was as R-rated as any of those f- movies got. That one was awesome. And also a solid, solid tie-in to the Flashpoint story and just oh. integrating the, the Suicide Squad, who then appear at the end, the grand finale. All oh, well done. Bravo All right, to everyone. Everyone involved.
1: That one was definitely an awesome one. And it brought this dude into the spotlight. What was the villain in that one? Uh, the Immortal Zoom? Guy?
3: No, oh, not Zoom. Vandal
1: Savage? Yeah, Vandal Savage. Savage. Yeah. yeah. Definitely one of my favorite villains. Yeah, damn. That one was awesome.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: God, I love that movie. That shit was great. Hey, guys, I think we have an incoming transmission. Um, is boop, that... Boop,
0: boop. I'm sorry, people. We'll add a real stun effect in post. In post.
3: <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yeah,
0: we will. <laughs> and, yeah, I think it actually is. We actually...
1: To all our fans out there, we actually have to engage some of our secret patented technology in order to retrieve our special guest that we have for you guys. It's called our ZoomTube, and we will be right
0: back. Damn, man. I always puke when we do this. All right, go ahead. Let's do it. Let's do it. Got to do do what we got to
1: do, man. Got to do it. For the the fans. (laughs) (laughs) holy shit we're back that sucked i hate it every time we do that but it was worth every second of it jesus christ
0: jesus christ rod did you you throw up
2: i'm gonna censor that
0: in post i'm gonna put that little like black bar
2: we really gotta get better at this we really got better (laughs) (laughs) but
1: it's new technology we're testing it out there's side effects my entire outfit got changed shit happens
2: but All these side effects worth it for
1: yeah, exactly. chest. Exactly. For our amazing guest on this show, Day Spring of the Generations of X podcast.
2: Editors Note: the Generations of X podcast now goes by the Power of X-Men podcast. You can find them on social media and wherever you get your podcasts as Power of X-Men.
1: Which is an x-men specific and specialized podcast which is a feat in itself if you think about it wow how are you sir it's an honor to have you here
4: Uh, it's an honor to be here thank you guys for traveling through that boom tomb just to come see me (laughs) (laughs) that's right that's welcome to Welcome to the
2: apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> now, and we're very excited to have you on, man. It, 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 it's a pleasure. You know, we, we've been, you know, following each other you know, on, on social media and, and you know, your show is fantastic. I am the resident X-Men fan <laughs> yeah. of the group. And so I'm like, I love consuming your guys' show. And just a quick shout out for people out there, right? Like, check it out. They've had some amazing interviews from fucking, they've interviewed the showrunners from the X-Men, the animated series, Eric and Julia Lewald the. Director of the show, Larry Houston writers such as Cinna Grace, famously known from uh, his Iceman run and also very appropriate for uh, the name of the show <laughs> the generation of ex-actors from the Fox movie which we mentioned like I think an episode or two ago at the uh, front door for real that's yeah, dope, man. that's insane
0: they that's had, insane
2: they had Jubilee so actor <laughs> Heather McComb and Refrax actor Randall Slabin, who's like the Cyclops or whatever no what was he like <laughs> he, he was, supposed, chamber, right? he was supposed to be Chamber he was supposed
4: to <laughs> be Chamber yeah. yeah. And yesterday I sat down with Agustin Rodriguez, who played Skin. It was his birthday and he wanted to <gasps> celebrate. Oh! I, I know. And I, you know, I told him, bro, like I grew up in Miami, con mi abuela on Calle ocho. You know, I had my cafecito and mi croqueticas. And I told him, like, seeing him in that movie was the first time I saw, like, my my family represented in the superhero genre yes fucking cool man he was like the coolest guy ever (laughs) we ended up talking for two hours so we have him from there and we also have jeremy ratchford who played banshee and oh wait, yeah i wait miguel have you been up to par with everything that's going on with the x-men election
2: oh yeah actually i'm glad you mentioned that because like for you for we just dropped a new episode today you know but people who are listening now this was like a week or so ago you know don't get confused about time but we talked about the x-men election which you guys have been doing a fantastic job at like campaigning for your guys's candidates you know keeping us up to date i i heard your guys's podcast episode on the election and i was blown away you guys had fucking banshee <laughs> the actor who played banshee fucking uh uh do a campaign for people to vote for banshee and that's that's incredible
4: and he's canadian and we made him do the banshee accent <laughs> (laughs) And he was here like, I don't think I want to do this. I'm sounding a little bit more Scottish. I can't get into the Irish. I'm like, no, one won't care. (laughs) And actually, a lot of people did care. And we got a lot of guests about it.
1: (laughs) It's an election that matters. These are where votes really should be going. Deciding
2: how superhero teams are assembled yes no and exactly and I
4: remember because you guys you were for cannonball right yeah first? i was but then sam you Guthrie. switched it for banshee i you know what i'm just like i'm a flip-flopper <laughs> <laughs> i thought sam and miguel and like the rest of you if you think this too i thought sam was the one the most organic choice because he was the one who would actually play by the rules on Krokoa. no one is playing by the rules on Krokoa. you need someone who's going to be a team player and i thought sam was going to be the best one for that but <laughs> You know what? Banshee, Jeremy Ratchford, that's it.
2: I like the idea with Banshee. You guys convinced me, actually, with, with Banshee because, like, I felt... Because, like, with Sam, I love Sam, but he's already, like, in the New Mutants, you know, and he's, like, in the Shi'ar, you know, yeah. space. And I'm like, I don't want to take him away from his family, you know, yeah. out there. And he
4: has that bro romance with some yeah. spot. He, yeah. let, let them be bros in space. And, like, Banshee, where is he at epic.
2: right now? Banshee isn't anywhere. He's not on a really, any really book right now. So, come on, let's give him, give him a home. Banshee has
4: no voice right now. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's literally... <laughs> (laughs) literally... literally been doing nothing for the last 10 years since celine resurrected him in necrotia boyfriend has not said a word and that's (laughs) come on anyways (laughs) the irony Quick, quick comment to Banshee, though, too. I do think
2: and I feel he deserves it because I honestly think he's had the worst, lamest comic book death of a superhero, especially somebody so big oh. as Banshee. Like he was from the giant size X-Men, you yeah. know, and he died. How fucking hit by the Blackbird? <laughs> a plane, A plane just crashed against him. In that the that sounds Genesis. awesome. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Who
1: was piloting the Blackbird? Was it thrown at him via telekinesis? Like, what happened there? Like,
3: oh. it,
4: it was during the Deadly Genesis arc. And I don't know, Chaz and Rod, did you guys read that when it first published? that's what that
0: summer's brother right yeah with yeah, vulcan yeah.
4: in it so when that story was coming out you have to it was like what the early 2000s everyone thought adam x was the third summer's brother right. and there had been decades of you know like hints throughout it and then all of a sudden vulcan comes and is killing all the x men you know including banshee with with the blackbird right right and and it, it was so jarring and and it wasn't a very good story at the time but it's aged better like I think yes. people have sort of accepted it as part of canon so yes I agree he had a lame death he had a great resurrection in Necrotia right and then he presumably stayed and then Remender brought him back again and he was one of Apocalypse's horsemen and right and then he's just been in limbo so we got so you voted for Banshee though
2: Yes, yes. Eventually, I got convinced because I was going for armor first, actually, because I I liked her and And she's a great choice. She could grow more and they could do more stuff. But, you know, but she has a good role in sword right now. So I'm like, "Ah, you know, I think she should stay there. Uh, And I think Banshee's the the, would be the best way to go. (laughs) Did you
4: guys vote at all or
2: we didn't? Well, I didn't actively vote
1: (laughs) online, but I voted on our show. And I believe
4: I went for Forge.
1: Okay. okay. Now I, I feel Forge. I'm not that well versed in the lame-er. X-verse, but <laughs> I went for Forge on principle and practicality.
4: <laughs> yeah, I agree on practicality. I think he's he's in terms of powers, and I think Ex Wife said this best that, you know, if we're talking about practicality and like what powers you want on a team, like Forge has it. But, um, you know, I, you know, I'm going to I'm going to echo I'm going to stop being nice. I'm going to echo Roddy or lame. No, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah.
0: Like he has he doesn't even have like a personality. I don't know if you, collected you don't like have a the, personality. I don't know if you collected like the Toy Biz action figures in the early 90s, but nobody bought that Forge action figure. I'm basing my whole opinion based off of that.
2: I agree. I, I had it. I had. Yeah. I'm going to my 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 action figures are still back home in Tijuana. I'm going to ask my mom yeah. to get it, take a get, photo get and he'll that
0: upload one. that. And, and watch man. him be the most pristine one cuz you never played with him.
2: <laughs> or because or
1: because he's the most valued and treasured one. If you had an action figure, I wouldn't buy your action figure.
4: <laughs> oh my god, savage. Stop no, pain. man. He's lame because like come on, like everything down with him and Storm? Like do you walk away from Storm? That fucking Mm. goddess is in front of you. You're going to say, yeah, no, thank you. And like, what no, I'm sorry. (laughs) What (laughs) reason did they give for him walking away away from him? What?
1: What reasoning did they give like for him walking
4: away from Storm? They were just at the time they were in a relationship and it just wasn't working out. And she was going to come to him and say, I want it to marry you. And he kind of was just like, hey, you know, I'm done with this relation and walks out. And then she falls to the floor. She says to herself, I was going to say yes, you know, like. And you're like, fuck, you had a chance to, it worked out. I mean, Storm upgraded, you know, with yeah. Panther. Yeah. Like that was a fucking upgrade. But then what, the next big story with Forge was Messiah Complex, which was a great story in of itself. But then we see him again in Ghost Boxes, the Warren Ellis Astonishing run directly after Whedon. And Forge had like a mental breakdown, was being salty with Storm and kind of died at the end of that. And then he just appears again out of nowhere as Dazzler's like production manager? <laughs> like <laughs> you gotta pay bills, man. Like, you gotta pay bills. Like, <laughs> so why not go on tour with Dazzler? So I, you know, I I I don't see much of a narrative with Forge, you know, these days, but I hope. I like him as, you know, on Crocoa monitoring and and being tech support. And I like him exactly on, on Benjamin Percy's X-Force. I think yeah. they're making,
2: I like, and the way that he's interacting with Krakoa to create weapons, I'm like, that's cool. Like, stay there. I'm like, keep, yeah. keep up with that role, you know?
4: Yeah, it's and technology. And, you know, he... I like him in that role. I like him servicing Krakoa at large. And that's like with the election, when I was thinking of some characters, I'm like, you know, you have a, ca- a character like Tempo, who I love, and she's has a very different view on mutant rights than the other X-Men and Krakoa. And I want to see her just own that embracing, give us a storyteller like that. When you start bringing in some certain characters onto the X-Men, you make them be an X-Men, you're like, well, you just pigeonholed a really cool character to be a certain way. Like, let them just be themselves. And I think now organically with Forge, he should be security on Krakoa.
1: I think we should have a three hour live action (laughs) Forge movie. Yikes. Who would you cast as him? Oh. Lou Diamond. Lou Diamond Phillips. (laughs) Boom. I was ready. Had that locked and loaded. Locked and loaded.
0: Good job, right, gentlemen. Gentlemen, I want to take a step back. Yes. We want to really introduce you, Day Spring. That's your your mutant name,
4: right? That's my mutant name. Yes. Okay, cool, cool. Proud.
0: <laughs> so, tell us a little bit about you know how you started your podcast. You know a little bit about yourself. How you got into the X Men? Because apparently, you're really deep into the X lore, man.
4: Yeah, man. Yeah, I you know like everyone and their mother on the planet. I got bored during COVID. I was traveling quite a bit for work I'm an auctioneer I'm a benefit auctioneer and so I get booked in all these different cities and I'm always on the run I'm always getting drunk at hotel you know bars or airport bars and stuff like that and you know my life was going at such a fast pace it just came to a screeching halt and you know COVID 2020 like it was just a really crappy year and I and I, I wanted to do something a little bit more constructive and I was very lonely And I wanted to talk with other people about the X-Men and in a really engaging way. So, you know, starting the podcast, Generations of X, I wanted to create just like a little room where people can come and talk about the X-Men. We don't judge. It's not a situation where we're like, no, you know, Forge is better than this person or blah, blah, blah. Except for Hank McCoy. I fucking hate Beast. <laughs> Fuck Beast. Beast is the fucking worst X-Men Crazy ever. Crazy that you said that. Like Crazy that awful. You said that. And we can and we have an episode with Warpath Dylan over at the House of X podcast where we dive in with the <laughs> let me ask you three a question. Where did Beast get his doctorate degree from? Oh no one hmm. knows. No one he got it in the Caribbean, like any respectable doctor.
2: <laughs>
1: Ask Miguel, he would know.
2: Hey, hey, hey. Mine's legit. Mine's
1: legit. No, but
2: I think, like, didn't Beast work at Harvard or something for a while or MIT? He, I remember he was one, one something, like, I assume it came from there or something, but like he, no.
4: he just showed up at... You know, at the Avengers audition, I was like, I'm a doctor now. And he worked at the brand corporation, but presumably, but but working at the brand corporation, this isn't Amazing Spider-Man 2 with Gwen Stacy, where you just work somewhere and, and you're all of a sudden like synonymous to getting a doctorate degree. It does not make any sense. Like he was already working there. He had some knowledge, like he had to get like a piece of paper, even if he's the smartest man in the room. and He did that in a month. Like, where did he get it from? That, I'm just asking for receipts. That's it. That's all <laughs> right. I want. And that's like, and that's also just like
2: the 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 tip of the iceberg of the shit. Because I'm glad you bring it up because we actually did want to ask you a little bit about <laughs> getting into too much, right? But exactly. But why is he the worst X-Man, right? But it's like, uh, but okay, in his so... defense,
1: in his defense for a second, okay. maybe he put in enough clinical hours that there was some type of accreditation program
4: okay. where that allowed him
1: to get his degree.
4: <laughs> Is that a thing? I don't know. I have friends and family who are doctors. You see, like they it's really a <laughs> no. laborious process for them. <laughs> it's, not a, it's, it's not, not okay. a thing. It's not a thing. But... <laughs> my my prima, like she's she just told me she got like her full first like. Job as a doctor, and I'm like, you graduated like four years ago. Wait, 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 wait. Oh,
3: <laughs> he, he you,
4: you have to do an internship. You have to do, you know, residency, you know, a fellowship, whatever the fuck these doctors do. And I'm just like, I could never do that. Praise you, but I thought you were a doctor, <laughs> you know, with all that. But um, no, here, here, just quickly, uh, where is the where is the doctorate from? He literally <laughs> licked Psylocke. Uh, in the medical exam, like room when she came back to life, like completely gross and creepy. Oh, uh, fucked with our boy Scott Summer. Yeah. Oh, well, so this is when uh, Syla came back to life after Extreme X. Yeah, and Jamie brought her back. So just a sweet spot between Extreme and House of M. And you know, Beast is doing kind of like an exam on her to making sure she's fine. And he's here, like, well, you look great, you smell great, and you taste great. And, like, licks her neck. And it's like, you're a doctor, man. Like, I don't care what your personal life is. And, you know, a little bit like army hammerish. <laughs> oh yes! I'm yes. so glad, dude. We're gonna be great friends. Just <laughs> know, I, I literally at four o'clock in the morning, I'm scrolling through all the leaked messages that Army was saying. You was like oh, but you. But you know, there you go. That I think Army Hammer and Beast are synonymous now in my head.
2: Uh, <laughs> and we we actually were a little bit worried about this because not. Like I think a week or two before the news broke of fucking cannibal Army <laughs> Hammer, we had just posted on our account about how oh, he looks purge. just like Adam, Adam Strange, Strange from the Strange Adventures book right now by Tom King and Nick Gerrards and Doc Shaner. Yeah. And it's like are they gonna change the look? <laughs> the like, oh uh, no, he doesn't look like him.
4: everyone was casting Army Hammer. I I don't dislike Army Hammer. I don't like him as a as like a, as a person. Not that I know him, <laughs> but just like his media presence. But as an actor, I think he's a great actor. But everyone's been casting him as Cyclops. Um, I think he was Batman in some stuff. You know, like I, I'm all for it. I I deep cut. That's the Justice League Mortal, the, the movie that
0: was never oh, made. There you go. He was supposed to be where? Batman. oh
4: yeah, so, I mean, whatever, man. Like, Army Hammer, like, <laughs> bye. Bye, Felicia. But, yeah, no, and then Beast fucks with our boy Cyclops. You know, I the stand is Cyclops was right. I mean, he was the only of one who cared course. about Of course. Only person who cared about repowering the mutant race. And then there's fucking Beast betraying his best friend. And, again, like, that ending of AVX, which I think we're going to be talking about uh, as yes. a group... That ending where he's here like, oh, Scott, all these new mutants, you know, now don't have, you know, are in a world now that's going to be extremely dangerous. And Scott's like, what do you mean new mutants? Like he did not think to tell his best friend that, hey, you know what? Your plan worked. The mutants have been repowered. We are back in a major way. And he just mentioned it so cavalier. And that's like a friend who just doesn't have your back. So oh,
2: I remember Sorry, that scene, that shit pissed me off because it's yeah. like, come on, man. Like, you guys are the founding X Men. Like, don't yeah. be a dick. Like, yeah. mute. This is a big deal for all of you guys. No mutants are coming back, and you're like, hey. Pass by pa- as passing, like shut the fuck up. Right? <laughs> uh, but anyway, but yes. Yeah, so all right. So so you created the show to be able to talk shit about Beast and to talk. But, and that was the not- main goal, <laughs> the
4: driving force of That's the creation, it, man. Of the <laughs> and then we're love an- about everybody else, right? Of yeah. course, <laughs> we're an anti-beast account. I'm sorry, come for me in my DMs. <laughs> but, hey, yeah. But that- yeah. Oh yeah. No, I was just gonna say yeah, and and just you know have a space to talk to people about you know the books and you know I I post on the Foosh, I post on CBR, I posted on like AOL keyword Marvel back in like nineteen ninety five. Damn. You know, the message boards can be very vitriolic. Yeah. And You know, I don't want to fight with someone. I'm just exchanging ideas. And if my idea doesn't work for you, that's fine. You know what I mean? Like we don't have to, these are fictional characters and fictional (laughs) politics. It's just fun. It's to, you know, engage and and talk with other passionate people. And everyone has been absolutely wonderful. And I remember when I first listened to you guys, I was trying to search for other like comic book podcasts and I'm forgetting what was the first episode I listened with you guys, but I just felt like I was walking into, it was like, you know, your, your second, your third episode, and you may have been talking about the Snyder cut in it. It could and have been any episode. Any yeah, episode. No, no, I know it's that. Episode. I know it's that. <laughs> I just I can't remember the topic, but I just felt like I was like with my friends, and I just like I I I messaged you immediately because I found myself wanting to interject in the conversation. (laughs) Awesome, and just meeting like other podcasters like you guys, it's just such a wonderful community, and everyone's so incredibly supportive. You know, it's
1: fun. It's like we had to evolve with the times, like. We had to find the way to just keep having comic book based conversations. (laughs) Yeah, wait,
4: do you guys you guys all three live in New York? Do you guys like pick up the weeklies together? Did you guys before COVID like meet up and like watch movies together? Like what was what was what was the gang doing before?
1: Well, I mean, we definitely used to hang out and get together for the movies. But as far as um, the books themselves, we essentially took the Wally route and just sat <laughs> at home and just pressed buttons that said purchase.
3: <laughs> um,
1: well, some of us, I believe, Rod would make the periodic um, paper run, correct? That's right. To good old Jim Handley's when it was still open. Shout and out to Jim, Jim Handley's.
0: Hanley. Shout out to Jim
1: Handley. Yeah, 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 yeah. I anyway.
4: saw Chris Evans and Jessica Alba. You were there? Oh, shit, we were there that day! That is so crazy! I talked about it on one of the episodes. That is so crazy! Like 2003, 2004? Something like
0: that. No, no, no.
1: I think that was in 2006, because if I'm not mistaken, that was literally my last day of high school.
4: Okay, and so, if you remember, Jessica (laughs) Alba comes out of, like, the car, and everyone started swarming her, and... And I had like a disposable camera of just trying to like, I'm like climbing over my boyfriend and like trying to take a picture of her. And it's, I have this like grainy photo of Jessica Alba, like somewhere. She's not even blonde, she's brunette in it. And I was like, I just, ah, I want to see Storm, but. But I love
0: same thing for us. I was I was literally on Chester's yeah, back trying to get a glimpse of her. <laughs> I, up on
1: I remember
4: chase. thinking that the dude who
1: played Doctor Doom was overdressed for the occasion. I think Julian he had like McMahon.
4: A, yeah, I think he had like a silver suit with a white shirt, right? Yeah. Well, wait. Do you want to know what I remember about Julian McMahon specifically about this? So you know, you had to wait in line to to go see them, and they were all sitting, yeah. uh, you know, in front of the window, you, their backs turned. I look, and Julian McMahon was on Charmed. He was on Nip top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a very handsome guy on screen. And I remember looking at him being like, huh, he has a bald spot. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, let me say that again. Wait, he has a bald spot, like right there. And You like, went British right there. I know, I know what happened there. It's like, <laughs> um, and I was just like, huh, like, and that kind of, and, and by the way, it was him and Chris Evans, and Chris Evans was like 19 at the time. You know, he, he didn't have that many people. He wasn't Captain America yet. And like, it was Jessica Alba, and I'm forgetting the guy who played Mr. Fantastic, um, yeah, but they know. were the ones that were hard to Ian, Ian something. Ian McGruff. <laughs> I was going to say Ian McKellen and be <laughs> tell- wrong. Oh. <laughs> they, he, they were the harder ones to like get a signature or something from. But like Chris Evans was just right there. And I remember I went up to Chris Evans. and I was like, yo, he's like, hey. And I was like, you're hot. And he just laughed. Respect. You know what I mean? Like it was, Respect. he was so chill about it. Like such a good guy and just down to earth. You can see it then. And I'm so glad he's our Captain America now.
0: Hell yes. I remember there were like these four people in front. Like the very on the very front of the line, there was like this clobbering crew, <laughs> and they all had like these thing, I mean, uh, yeah, these thing T shirts. Like they were like like their own little fan club, and they were there first in line. Awesome. I'm like, yeah, that's <laughs> dope, that's commitment. Me and chess just stayed to see them come out of the limousine yeah, yeah, and stuff, but yeah, we weren't trying to make that long. Hell yeah, that, hell yeah, that, that was crazy. Line.
1: But I'm so like, it's crazy how the universe
4: works that we're sitting here right now, and that's that's insane. I'm like, <laughs> that's mind blowing, man. Well, that's how I mean. You guys grew up here. I I moved here. I can't believe I've been in New York that long. Now, you know yeah, yeah. What I also, mean? True. Like, also true,
2: also so strange, but yeah, damn, no. And I'm also a transplant, like, I've been here for it's barely gonna be 10 years now, so like, those are experiences I didn't get to live with you guys, <laughs> you know. But that's fucking incredible, man. But speaking of like back in the day, like that, so you know, and then you told us what led to you to create the, the show, you know, great show and the community that you have. What got you into comic books to begin with? Like, how did you fall into that?
4: Yeah, you know, my primo had a, had a card of Rogue from the 94 Flare, I always say Flare, the 94 <laughs> Fleer Ultra. And it was Rogue where she's kind of like, she has her back to, you know, the, the viewer and she's just looking, she looks really powerful. And I, I turned it over and I started reading about her powers and how she can absorb memories and that her name was unrevealed. And it was just a natural curiosity and like kind of like a string I pulled. So, you know, I started asking my primo Roy about it. And then one day, like my abuela was just like, hey, you know, I don't want to take you to the comic book store. And the comic book store we went to was this one down Calle Ocho called Line Drive (laughs) Peepers and Comics. So it wasn't even like a full comic book store, it was like half peepers. And, you know, my primo and I just went down there and we started buying the packets and I started collecting from there and it snowballed into what it is today.
1: (laughs) And the rest is history. Yeah, man. Awesome, awesome. But I mean, and after that, I'm sure you had that moment where you went down your first X-Men rabbit hole and then it never ended from there. So which was the mutant that essentially captured your heart? Who Ah. essentially is your favorite X-Man or just your favorite mutant? Considering I, how
4: big it is okay guys i should have i should have made this clear given what <laughs> we're going to talk about today because
3: <laughs> i know i, I know i've heard i show. <laughs>
4: i'm i'm a jean gray stan she is my favorite x-man i am a crazy jean gray stan i literally think the only person who should have the phoenix force is jean gray and i am offended by anyone who possesses you know or has a fraction of the phoenix so yeah jean gray is my favorite you know why is she my favorite i've I've kind of ruminated on that over the years you know i used to love april o'neill marsha cross on melrose plays you know characters with red hair just my mejor amiga yafmin has red hair so i always kind of like gravitate towards you know people with like that kind of like fiery personality, but I just think Jean is like the heart and soul of the X-Men. I think she, a lot of stories around her are built with a lot of heart and like she, she gets good panel time, you know, more since X-Men, you know, my perfect Jean Grey is here comes tomorrow where she's in the white hot room, white Phoenix, completely in control of her power, resets the timeline for Scott and Emma to get together because she was able to rise above all of it and see what needed to be done.
2: Hell yeah. Hell yeah,
4: right. That, that <laughs> is <laughs> a good pitch.
2: Exactly, for <laughs>
1: and now I've always had a fascination with that specific thing. Now you obviously have your doctorate in X Men with a specialty <laughs> in Gene Gray. So I'm I've glad always- someone on the X Men <laughs> has a doctorate degree. <laughs>
3: exactly.
1: An actual one. An um, actual one. <laughs> so ever since the cartoon on Fox from the 90s. Why is the Phoenix Force in love, basically, with Jean Grey specifically? What's up with that bond? Because as per the event that we're gonna cover later, it could, you know, like it can be anyone as far as the force is concerned. But why does it seem to be obsessed with Jean Grey? I've
4: always wondered about that. Okay, so hang on, I have so like I'm going on overload here. <laughs> <laughs> I It's just like I wanna, I wanna do like a Cylon, just download like my thoughts into your brain here. <laughs> That'd be but, awesome. Wh- why Phoenix and Jean? Why is it in love with her? Well, we know very early on when Jean went into space during X-Men The Hidden Years, the phoenix sensed a kindred spirit within Jean. And from there, it kind of kept tabs on her that when she cried for help during that fateful night on the spaceship, the phoenix answered her. And, you know, through that, Jean has been able to... Discover her own power. You know, I don't want to say that she was weak before, but you know, the 60s, 70s women in comics were written a certain way. The girl on the team yeah. was written a certain way. Yeah. That was the first time Jean was completely fully powered. She was gonna be a cosmic character. And then Dark Phoenix went down. And then, you know, yeah. she comes back, you know, she absorbs the memories of Madeline Pryor. And then during somewhere right before Morrison, Gene is exposed to the Phoenix again. I think it was during X-Men Forever, Fabian Nicheza's um, X-Men Forever event, not the Chris Claremont one that he did uh, later on. So in there, I think it's implied that Gene and the Phoenix are one and the same, that they have this natural rapport, this passion for life and creativity. And so during Morrison's, we see that Gene is starting to become more of a god, while Cyclops is becoming a little bit more of a human. And part of that godhood for Gene is being able to manipulate things on a molecular level and resetting universes. So when she ascends into the white hot room, she's like the phoenix of the white crown. There is no one higher than her. So she's in complete control of it. And it's just really beautiful. And then she comes back in Phoenix End Song and she says to the Phoenix, you and I are one. And the Phoenix says, so the longing I feel to always return to earth is your longing ah you know it. what i mean so you know Damn. yeah so Damn. then she could i know so then that, she came that's down. like
2: that's beautiful that's
0: actually yeah. man. okay that, that's lovely. that's
2: some poetic shit i'm
4: it's glad you know a
0: beautiful I I I throw to... up the uh, the image of the phoenix from the end song uh greg lands are yeah the cover
1: right the infamous yeah, cover
0: the yeah exactly. that's beautiful
2: classic cover.
1: yeah i remember getting shocked by that shit at jim hanley's universe on the shelf that's when I re- i'm sorry go no, no, no. Go ahead. It was just that, that like, like I remember just walking in and seeing it. it we just like, oh shit, like that's some amazing art.
4: That's when Greg Land was actually giving us good art, not. Damn. What he, damn. I know. I mean, what came afterwards? It's just, it's not good. <laughs> it's <laughs> no shade. I hate to throw shade at creators, but I think there. It's obviously, you know. It's obvious. Yes, of yeah, course. He, They're
0: saying they he-, he had a pretty good Nightwing run. <laughs> oh, he
4: did. Yeah. Oh, I, did he? I, yeah, I he thought. did.
0: I'll throw, I'll throw that up no, too, all right. <laughs> he, he made Dick Grayson like Brad Pitt. Yeah,
2: but I, I think his his like last X Men runs, you know, that he did was because the the issue is like he's using, you know, like apparently like porn pictures oh. and then
4: basically just painting over it.
3: <laughs> I like, respect like, oh. that.
4: Well, and, and <laughs> I look, respect and that. I get it. Like artists need to be inspired from something. Have at it. I I'm not gonna. I you know who knows about the porn thing it's so I'm not going to speak to it. My thing is, it's the the blatant reusing of panels over yep, yep. and over and over again. And at the time when he was on Uncanny X Men with Fraction, I remember being angry and tweeting at like Nicolo <laughs> and being like, "You're charging me 3.99 for this book, and it's all reused art." And you know. ah, <laughs> nice. And I know other artists do that, of course, for brevity. And you're doing a monthly schedule, but it was like this that, that panel of Gene coming out of like the. Oh, uh, water in Phoenix End Song, I want to say number five, like that's reused everywhere. <laughs> like, and, and other things too, but anyways, I digress. But yeah, uh, Phoenix End Song, up to Phoenix End Song, I think there's a wonderful, beautiful narrative with the Phoenix and Gene being one in the same.
2: Yo, but then from that, I actually because I love that exactly. And I, 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 I didn't know such the deep details of that loving almost relationship between yeah, word. them. But for example, I want to get your thoughts on because then we had the Phoenix Resurrection, right? The return of the Jean Grey book, which yeah. is I think you know there's mixed feelings to that. But I personally liked the way it ended because i felt it was a nice breakup almost yeah, exactly. where where Jean gray got back her like independence from this like toxic codependent relationship <laughs> that they had <laughs> where she stood up like the phoenix is almost basically begging her like please and like the phoenix becomes yeah. like a little small thing that she can hold in her hand and oh, she's wow. like she's like nah i'm good like go away like, no and thanks. i i, I like that i
4: felt that was Healthy virgin. Like, I don't know. What were your thoughts on that? I so I didn't like Phoenix Resurrection as much. I I think Rosenberg gets a lot of hate from X fans. He's not a bad writer. If you read his Hawkeye and like Winter Soldier, it's wonderful. Um, you know, Phoenix Resurrection, I think, shouldn't have been a team book. I think it should have been kind of like how Phoenix and song was concentrating on some of the characters that are close to Jean. I mean, at the time though, you had kid Cyclops, you had old man Logan. I mean, the, those are two characters that didn't really resonate with the Jean we knew that was coming back. And then Emma was just in there for like a panel. You know what I mean? Like, and Emma should have been at the forefront with that. So, you know, the ending, I agree with you. I think when it was good, it was good. Like that scene, when Jean breaks out, and she's here like bobby you know storm and and she sees cyclops again and and she realizes the phoenix is just like fucking with her and she's here like is that the best you can do i mean you can tell she's in pain but she's standing up to that pain i love it i think i had two main questions leaving it like it made it sound like jean was dead this entire time when we knew she was in the white hot room working as a white Phoenix, but it, it's kind of implied that she, she was dead. So what happened in the interim from when we last saw her to, to now, and why did teen gene need to die for adult gene to come back? That didn't really make sense, especially since teen gene is supposed to be, you know, adult gene. Right, let let me stop off. you there for so, a
0: second day spring. So not all our fans are as deep into the lore as we are. So <laughs> yeah, about the weren't. white hot room, yeah, what, what is this? Sorry. Well, well, okay. I mean, um,
1: I actually wanted to ask you, which was like exactly what Rod was saying. Like, since people aren't that well-versed, we could start at like the very base of the house and work our way up. What is the
4: Phoenix Force itself? Okay. So the Phoenix Force is all of the life and passion in the universe. It's like the spark that came out of the Big Bang. Good Lord. Yeah. So that's what it is. And the Phoenix operates on a macrocosmic level and it's following orders and an agenda that you know our feeble human minds could never comprehend so you know when in dark phoenix you see that she burns away the dabari system years later we find out when the phoenix burns away something it burns away what doesn't work so you can see the phoenix maybe as an evolutionary hand you know you can see it maybe as a hurricane just making landfall and causing destruction you know there's not a real set answer yet because the phoenix is at the mercy of whatever the writer doing it you know wants it but in in larger terms i think that's how you can like comprehend the phoenix so it's kind of one of those
1: things where it's like a forest fire where it's like it's extremely destructive (laughs) but it also breeds new life wherever it ends so it's like it's kind of like it's a necessary force not necessarily evil but it's a necessary force in the universe for balance
4: yeah absolutely 100 gotcha. there okay there you yeah.
0: thank you very much and we understand it. like phoenix, you know yeah. the scope of the phoenix but why why can't they get it right on film <laughs>
4: <laughs> well so no 100%. okay yeah. wait, let me
0: take a step back which of the two dark phoenix iterations <laughs> in live action oh. did you prefer <laughs> since you're a gene lover if you have to choose. Oh. No, you have to choose <laughs> to choose one. This is the vote that matters right now. Which oh gene? Oh my god. Is it Sansa or, or the other? I don't even know the other chick's name. Famke. Ah, Famke, yes. Johnson. Johnson.
3: Yeah.
4: Yes. Um, look, it, I love Famke. I thought she was a perfect Jean Grey. I think the setup was there for a good Phoenix story. So I'm going to or- say X3 because no. also, and for those of you who don't know, Days of Future Past reset the timeline. So X3 kind of was wiped from existence. Thank God.
0: <laughs> so and it the, at
4: least played a larger part in the story.
2: And then that's good because that is the right answer. X3 is the best Dark Phoenix story. If we have to pick one. If we yeah. have to pick one. Because the 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 last one was was just no, it was not. It was trash. It was just not good. Well,
4: nope. The second Simon Kinberg said that the this Phoenix story was going to be more grounded. I was like, it's the X-Men have already been grounded. <laughs> like give us a cosmic narrative. And Simon Kinberg was the director for Dark Phoenix. I believe it was the first time he ever directed a movie, but he's sort of been, I'm forgetting what his title was. He wrote or was involved on some level with X3. So that's kind of why a lot of the story is parallels. And then he was like executive producer for you know, First Class, Apocalypse, and Days of Future Past. All right, so now that you gave us
2: a good, you know, uh, Phoenix 101, also, and so the White Hot Room, what,
4: what is that exactly, for, for those of us that may not be that clear? <laughs> so the White Hot Room, and they do explain it in what we, what we read, it's sort of a nexus of all realities. Within the comic book, you know the Mkron crystal from the X-Men anime series? Yeah. where you know during the phoenix saga the emcron crystal was going to like eat the entire universe and you have to journey inside of it and you know phoenix saves the day the the white hot room is at the center of the emcron crystal and it's a nexus of all realities that a phoenix host can access so just think of it as a higher state of being if you're a phoenix avatar kind of like Jeez. that white room in the matrix right when he meets the architect <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's so funny. I was talking with someone, I don't know if you know him, Mr. Scott Free, and the White Hot Room came from Morrison's run, which was in Here Comes Tomorrow, which in, was in the early 2000s. And I didn't realize this, but a lot of what Morrison did in the X-Men was a byproduct of that Y2K spirituality that, you know, the Matrix was at the center of. Yeah. So, yeah, that's absolutely 100. I didn't even think about that till now, man. Wow. Yes, yes. (laughs) No, and I love that too. Like the idea of the white
2: hot room, and I love how they've been, you know, using it across different, uh, you know, aspects of the Phoenix story. And like you're saying, it's like it might mean different things. You know, obviously we'll talk about it in more detail in the AVX. It's kind of cool when they're, when we see people there in, you know, more than just one person. Uh, and and with the current event that which we'll get into in a second with
4: Enter the Phoenix, you know, just basically everybody just <laughs> chilling there, <laughs> like it's just a lounge room. No, it's like okay, I thought it was. Yeah, more it's epic. I think it's just you know depending on, again depending on the writer it's either a place where the phoenixes do their best work or it's a place where the phoenixes incubate and they wait to be reborn
0: is that younger gene still running around
2: from uh bendis's run
4: no. No. no
2: no 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 exactly it- and then because you were saying that she had to die no she didn't die you know like so the 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 young and it was convoluted i didn't really love it it was from the extermination uh uh storyline where they they had to go back in time because yeah. like because obviously eventually the fucking timeline wackiness got up to them you know and ahab was hunting them you know because they like well i'll kill the young ones now <laughs> For whatever reason, he's like, I'm not going to travel to the past past I killed them. I'm going to travel to the present. They, I don't know. It's I confusing. Like exterminate,
4: I love Ed Brisson so much, but w- the thing that happened with Teen Jean was in her mini-series, the phoenix was coming for her. She was having these visions of the phoenix, and she was doing everything in her power to like reject the phoenix, but finally, the phoenix arrives on Earth, and Teen Jean is like, I don't want you. And like the ghost of adult Jean Grey is like, stop it. You know, the she doesn't want you. She's not ready to have you. And the Phoenix is like, I didn't come for teen Jean. I came for the real Jean. But in order to do that, I need to get her out of the way. So she, so she kills teen, the Phoenix kills teen Jean. And then teen Jean is in the white hot room. And Teen Jean in the white hot room realizes she can have the Phoenix resurrect her. So Teen Jean gets then resurrected and then gets sent back home in the past. So it's, I'm sorry to your listeners. It is, <gasps> all right, it all is right. confusing. It's confusing. That's the, that, and that's the easy digestible way of saying it. I feel like, yeah, and
1: this, and I was gonna say, like, I feel like the X Men verse, which is what it is on itself, is like an MC Escher painting, like the one with the (laughs) stairs. And somehow, (laughs) somehow, you have a mental map of how the whole scene works. (laughs)
2: Yo, exactly. It all gets so convoluted so quickly. And I, I never got into the Jean Grey movie <laughs> series. And I'm like, all right, I kind of now I feel like, should I? Should I not? It's
4: actually a really great then, series, by the way. I, object- okay. I forget who the writer was, but it's kind of like the Jean tour in the Marvel Universe and, and, and okay. teaming up with Thor and Psylocke and Wanda. Like, it's, it's a great book.
2: Cause that's the one thing I did like about the the Teen X Men's being in the present. I did like Jean Grey, especially out of all the Teen ones. I like Jean. Uh, the I kind of like how she was being developing her powers in a different way and kind of dealing with the history of the X Men. I think in a more serious way than the other members did. I felt you know like Bobby and Hank were and Hank's trying to be a wizard like a sorcerer. <laughs> and it's like all right, Hank like. Fuck something else up, like I don't know, like, and and then with the extermination, and then it, I like, I love the art because I think the art, fuck, was it Rv Silva? No, Pepe, Pepe ras I think it was beautiful art, and and but yeah, but eventually they're sent back to their time, and then they're made to forget everything they went through until that moment in the present, uh-huh, in the present, where the older present versions of the X Men like remember that whole shit and it's like oh okay all right i guess <laughs>
4: that's that works. wild that that was a great way of putting it yeah all
2: right before we dive
0: into avx
4: all well, time, enter the phoenix
0: enter the phoenix all-time favorite run for the x-men mm. let's go, let's do a oh, round table
4: man yeah i want to go last i have to think back <laughs> yeah. about it. that's a savage question it yeah,
2: is a savage question <laughs> Surely, I do want to take advantage to. to, to, to I want to take advantage to do a quick shout out as well for for people out there listening to the Generation of X podcast, great X Men podcast. You guys just started a comic book book club, right? Yeah, like, we did. And oh, that's man, epic! epic. You. And you that's guys epic. are going to be reading, I think, which is for me one of my favorite ones. I wouldn't say it's the best, but I remember mm-hmm. loving it a lot. You know, you guys are you guys are doing what is it, the Phalanx Covenant, right? And yeah. the beginning of Generation Generation X, no.
4: Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's absolutely that we we kind of you know we we put it up on our Insta story. We asked questions like, "What do you guys want to read?" You know, we had people vote, and we got an equal amount for Generation X and Phalanx Covenant. And someone who we talked to all the time, he's wonderful. He's a writer for the Wall Street Journal. Was like, "Why don't you just do both of them? <laughs> it's one story." <laughs> and yeah, that's how we sort of landed on doing that And book club came about because again, I was reading all these stories. I reread Phalanx Covenant actually last year and I had no one to talk about it with. <laughs> like I, I don't have comic book stance in my everyday life. So book club for me is like, I just think of that like awkward eighth grader who just wants to talk about, you know, Onslaught and Xavier being, you know, the traitor, the, lo- the long revealed ex traitor and just being able to, get on a zoom just like what we're doing now and just talk and shoot the shit and we can be right we can be wrong about our opinions but we read it and we have a passion for it that's it or
1: are you an extremely well-educated scientist at the head of your field <laughs> see
4: it could be either one it could be either one right there you're right there man yeah Yeah. it's true like
0: since we don't really have comic shops anymore like we used to i mean thankfully like i've mentioned before midtown comics is still thriving already or so it seems shout out to midtown comics but yeah where do you have these conversations and also Ches, shout out to larry from jim henley's universe shout out out to larry that, that yeah. was where I would like stand and talk about the latest issues. I'm like, hey man, so what do you think about this latest like Batman comic and we just talked there like who's stronger, Punisher or Batman? And I guess now it's, yeah. like, it's a virtual forum. Now we just talk here.
4: And the virtual forum is so again vitriolic on like some message boards. People either misread you or they get really angry. But did you, so you two grew up in New York and Miguel, you came 10 years ago. Yeah. Did Were you able to go to comic book stores like Jim Hanley's? or Midtown and just be able to or St. Mark's Comics and just sit there at the counter and talk. He's asking you Miguel, I think. Oh, for me, able... uh, yeah. no. Oh, oh no, I was asking you guys. Uh, oh, wait, us, yeah, us. Us. Mid-
2: Midtown Comics didn't exist. Doesn't exist in, in Mexico. <laughs> oh, oh in Mid- no, <laughs> no. yeah, yeah,
4: no. It's it's in Midtown yeah, here. Yeah. <laughs> Miguel, you just you're here 10-ish years and then Chaz Correct. and Rod, yeah. you you grew up here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, so, yeah, yeah. so quickly, were you able to go there and like have that? When I
0: first met Miguel, when he when we first started living together, I had like this whole uh, collection of trays of X Men trays. I'm like, dude, you need to read all of these, <laughs> like <laughs> Spider Man, uh, Daredevil, everything um so yeah I was really deep into the Marvel lore like you know before adulting came in and I had to just become very like specific to DC I love DC comics I love all things yeah. DC but uh when I first started going to the comic book store there was one not like about 20 blocks from where I live a local comic shop which is doesn't ex- they're extinct for the most part now um and I would just go there I'll take a short walk you know was probably like 11 12 years old and just pick up the prettiest covers Right. If you had like the, the Iron Man cover where it's like a silver foil, the Fatal Attractions cover with the hologram card. I'll just pick these up and read them and get most of my storylines from the from the cartoons and, and Wizard Magazine and things like that. But then, you know, when I started going to high school, that was that was in, in downtown or midtown. And that's when I uh, came across um, Jim Hanley's Universe, which was like the first like big store that I saw. It was a comic book, like a major store, not like a little like you know, a square. It was like a major store. So I just started frequenting that like every Friday, picking up my fantastic Four, my Nightwing comics. And, and then eventually Chez, you know, was, you know, of high school age. So I brought him along with yeah. me because he went to the same high school and that's a little bit of an origin there.
1: Yeah. So yeah, exactly. So exactly how Rod said, he essentially pretty much gave me my first comic books from his own collection. Wow. And that's what got me into comic books. And then, um we went to the same alma mater um and he introduced me to jim handy's universe um which blew my mind it was like i walked into like a better version of six flags Mm. like it was like fuck a theme park i'm home type shit you know what i mean and from there like i find myself just going through like the back issue bins for no reason (laughs) I shit you not I stood in Jim Hanley's universe I can say like I stole a story in my mind (laughs) I stood in that store and I read all of um what was it Archer's Archer's Quest Quest.
4: I read all of Archer's Quest while while standing in the store and then I left those those were the days that you could actually do that man and yeah and now people don't even think to do it because man kids these days yeah they don't even know they don't even know dude Talk Dude, about like-,
1: like black market pirating shit, like <laughs> downloading, just read it and walk out.
4: Yeah, man. Like, I mean, you you discover a character and like, you didn't have the internet. You didn't have Wikipedia. All you had were your trading cards yeah. or like the issue you had before you. You That's it. There was no way you had to buy a handbook or something. So I'm with you, man. I, I love that. And I love the idea. And I learned this when I was going to auctioneering college. There's a lot of like, Auctioneers that are legacy auctioneers that they inherited that from their you know dad or or their grandpa or their grandmother. It's the same with comic book fans. My little brother is a huge comic book fan because I imbued him with that passion. And now you guys, because of your friendship, he introduced you. That's how a lot of comic book fans like begin. I'm essentially kind of like a legacy fan in a way. Yeah, 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 (laughs) I love that.
2: Yeah. Quick correction, like Rod didn't introduce me to comics, but he re- helped to reignite <gasps> my love for comic books. Oh, oh look man. at that! Jean Where did you Gray, get that? Of
0: all-time, yeah. yeah, favorite Gene Gray image. Uh, I got this calendar recently uh, for twenty twenty-one. Oh my god! Oh. And I remember I, I bought this <laughs> uh, comic book that it was just you know uh, pinups. It was just like a comic book yeah. of just pinups. And they had that yeah. uh, image of, yeah, that image yeah. of Jean. Oh, right. oh,
3: and yeah. I had, I had oh, that yeah. one
0: page. Nice. That's epic. Nice. That's epic. I had that one page <laughs> in, like, in like a little plastic slip case. I'm just looking at her like in love with Jean Grey, man. I was totally. So I feel you, I feel you on that. which by the way
4: thank you (laughs) thank
0: you
1: isn't that the same look that she had in the ultra famous cartoon from the 90s right that's like the gold standard jean gray look in my opinion
4: yeah yeah well in the in the animated series she had a ponytail and the reason she had a ponytail the lee waltz told us was because she was supposed to be the girl next door that everyone could talk to and it just really really accessible yeah The designs changed in their last season and they gave her like the 90s, you know, the the traditional 90s look with her hair down. But yeah, that's her that's her hallmark look. And I love it. I don't know why they put her back in her 60s outfit now, but, you know. Yeah, not loving
2: that little just green dress and like the. Shore. It's like, just I not was practical. Like, okay, I don't get it,
4: and, and, and it's weird no. looking at it on screen. And I get it if you're following the theme from you know Phoenix Resurrection. That's just Jean now, no Phoenix. But X Men Red, she had a kick ass costume, and I loved exactly. it. Exactly. They, they had a giant yeah. size X Men with daughterman He rendered it, and it looked beautiful. So, yes. <laughs>
2: So I think, speaking of Jean Grey, I think we can, now it's time to get into yes. Enter the Woo! Phoenix. So for the fans out there, right, so Avengers has been having this big event that started at the end of December. Three issues in so far. It's the com- it's not a culmination, but it's the next big event by Jason Aaron and Javier Garron, who've been, you know, Jason Aaron and Javier Garron, and I think Ed McGuinness have been the main people leading the Avengers book. Um, and so now it leads to this and so exactly we wanted to have the x-men expert the guy with the doctorate and all things (laughs) exactly and as he said it here gene gray stan you know supreme to tell us how 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 do we all because there's things we have to things discuss the actual event (laughs) try to be as subjective as we can but also like there's feelings as x-men fans about the avengers tackling on the Phoenix again all by themselves, right? Like with like, well, Wolverine's there, but being like, a bit of a dick, what, uh, mind
4: you. I, I mm-hmm. thought Wolverine was the voice of reason in this. <laughs> <laughs> wow. How many times does that get said? <laughs> I was just like, yeah, fuck yeah, Wolverine. Fuck the Avengers now with Damn. the Phoenix. Can, wait, can I, cuss on it? I can cuss on this, right? Of oh, okay. We, yeah. we yeah. encourage of it. We encourage it. Fucking Avengers. Like fucking Captain go. America now being like, oh, I'm always the guy who gets beaten down because I'm still the same guy who's 90 pounds <laughs> growing up. Like, fuck you. You threw a shield at Scott Summers' head during AVX, and that could have killed our boy. No, you, don't, you don't go to Scott <laughs> Summers' lawn and pick a fight. Wait, didn't, didn't he fire first? I think Scott okay, fired God. first.
3: Okay. Fire. First. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: but it is a vibranian shield, though,
0: you
4: know. I'm throw like come on, it's like I up that I'm panel in a I throw up that panel I got, on our
3: little
2: chat
0: uh like <laughs> a few days ago of like that massive optic blast <laughs> that he gives Captain America.
4: Yeah, I mean he does. He he look look he does, but in fairness, Captain America came to his lawn and was starting shit. Like, can you imagine your species? is on the brink of extinction. The one thing that you know is gonna bring it back, the Phoenix, and all of a sudden, now the Avengers care about it. Like, where were you, do you when Rachel Summers was there? When Tony Stark's like, oh, we've been monitoring the Phoenix since the Jean Grey event, you know, Dark Phoenix. And it's like, uh, sis, like, right? Like, have you not yeah. been, how hard have you been looking? Like, the Phoenix has not yeah, gone exactly. away. Like, where was it, you know, Rachel Summers, Madeline Pryor, Morrison, you know what I mean? Like and so because it's because let's speak the truth they, they didn't care they're like uh oh, it's, it's it seems to be focused within the
2: x-men let's if it gets out of hand we'll we'll deal yeah. with it you know and so they don't care and now right for this story for those people just to, to set it up the story is that the phoenix is back it's back on earth and it's searching for a okay. new host right it's okay after uh you know the phoenix was heartbroken by Jean gray telling her to go fuck off you know and and a little backstory to that, the phoenix supposedly is back on Earth because Namor uh, called h- uh, her it back uh, to Earth, you know, because as we all know, as we mentioned before, Namor was one of the five who had the phoenix in the AVX yeah. storyline. And so apparently he still had some connection with the phoenix force well, and called it back.
4: Which is new. And look, like, I love that. Like, that was <laughs> That was not been mentioned. But look, I haven't been following. Well, no, I have been following Namor like since, you know, AVX and not mentioned, you know what I mean? Like all of a sudden now he but by the way, wait, I'm sorry. Let me let me go back because I do want to be objective about this and say I thought the the narrative. Wait, 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 do you do you guys want me to jump around or do you get or follow your script?
1: Up, Whatever up to you, you want. But a quick okay. side
4: note, Namor is the king of dicks. OK, <laughs> go ahead. Oh yeah. He's, I mean, look, he's an opportunist, man. Like he's just going to go and like service his own. I feel like the narrative about him killing the shark, you know, and his mom and all that was very heartfelt and what was motivating him and wanting, like he's the last stand between his society and, and the rest of the planet. And I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that, but that being said, fuck! Come on, man! Like now, you care about like the fucking Phoenix Force? It's just like no, no. Sorry, not buying it. And Wolverine, to to the earlier point, Wolverine being the the voice of logic, he was the one who said like the Avengers are not taking the Phoenix. You've taken enough from the mutants. Oh, what has gone on with the mutants? Wanda and Pietro no longer mutants, right? They're human mutates, right? Right. Franklin Richards has been retconned. To not being a mutant. And I now and now that. they want to take the hate. Phoenix? Like, no, no. Sorry. Thank you, next. <laughs>
1: It's almost kind of like he was breaking the fourth wall when he was saying that, in a way. Oh,
4: yeah. And then when he was here, like, to Valkyrie, Jane Foster Valkyrie, when he was here, like, aren't you the lady who stole Thor's hammer and name? I was like, wow, man, like, Wolverine. (laughs) I'm like, I wasn't even comfortable reading that, Wolverine. I can't believe he did that. Like, damn, Logan. Like, like, that was petty. Yeah,
2: honestly, I love that. Exactly, I do think, I love when Wolverine called... Because he's fucking calling it as it is, right? It's there he didn't lie. It's all true, right? And so I do think the Phoenix deserves to be within the mutants, within the X-Men. Uh, uh but apparently, like so as we know, when apparently when the event ends, they rumored there's gonna be a new host and that's gonna change things up, you know. It's gonna lead to the heroes reborn storyline too, which I don't know. Yeah. Like, I'm not we're not we 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 reviewed this a little bit in the last of an episode or so ago. Uh, we're not excited about that but for this event right now right so now the phoenix chose a bunch of random people right key avengers and randomly seemingly random basically f- so, so <laughs> i so d- how are the,
1: duck- howard has- the, how are the ducks- we don't know the workings word? of how this shit is going down we don't know <laughs> we don't know how this is going you got howard the duck you have fucking <laughs> black panther you have she hulk you don't know what black knight is in this shit you don't know what's
4: going down yeah yeah so wait wait we have american eagle we have black panther shang chi america shang chi hulk black Uh,
3: moon
1: girl isn't she in the room no 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 no, she was moon girl and devil dinosaur
4: the orb uh shot of the she devil hyperion valkyrie wolverine doom and i think that's nighthawk oh man thing man thing there we go they They need to make
1: that whole shit into a super team and just print that i know and
2: and we got the also the Red yeah, Widow, yeah. which is the oh, other- Oh, that's right. Widow, You're you know, right, Red Widow was right, there. Right, yeah. right, right,
4: I don't, right, right. You know, the thing is, here's the thing. So it's like a Phoenix combat. Like, Shang-Chi, the movie, is going to be dealing with that kind of like tournament style, you know, mm-hmm. storytelling. Mortal Kombat we have coming out this year, and I'm a huge Mortal Kombat stan. Like, fuck, man, I'm so excited for that. <laughs> but now we have to have Phoenix Mortal Kombat. I'm like- Ugh.
0: I'm down for that. Bring, really? on, yeah, bring it sounds on the cool. kumite
4: at all times.
0: He needs Mortal Kombat. Wait, wait, um, a quick question before I sips my mind. Who con Franklin being a, or it not was,
4: being a mutant? It was in the dance slot, recent Fantastic Four. And little sidebar, I kind of said something sassy on, I, I don't know if it was my personal account or the official you know, uh, Generations of X account, but he did write back. And was, you're like, listen, I know you were just trying to be funny, but please don't do that. It sends hate my way. So, hey, oh! What Dan I'm going to throw Dan up a picture Slott. of us with this Dan is, Slott right now. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't want to send... I think Dan Slott is a great writer. I don't want to send anything his way. I, I don't like that Franklin isn't a, a mutant, but y- especially since... It, uh,
2: We have to know, what did you say? I don't think I said
4: anything. I was just like, what did I say? It must have been something, because we had the Fantastic Four X-Men mini that came to an end right before the pandemic. And I was like, well, that's like $30 down the drain, (laughs) you know, like for for something that was sort of like, Franklin was sort of, he was identified as an Omega-level mutant. He was at the epicenter of that crossover. And, And people were excited to see Franklin on Krakoa. And for your listeners who don't know, Krakoa is where the X-Men live now. Only mutants can go there. So Reed and Sue cannot go there with him. He had to be taken away from the Fantastic Four to go to Krakoa. And it was just a really, it's been a story that's been marinating for a while. And then all of a sudden you're like, "Ha, ha, ha, ha. he's not a mutant. And you're like, fuck man. Like, I mean, do you remember those promos of Franklin in the eighties being like, it's 1987. Yes. Do you know what your child is? It's great. It's just it's part of the lore. But anyway, that that could be a separate episode. Yeah, sounds... slot's a great writer. slot, great writer. Do not do not send hate his way.
2: No, and exactly, and like and, and like Rod, you know, he showed a photo a minute ago. We're going to see it in the show. But like exactly, Rod and I, we love that I was a. I'm a... Spider-Man is my favorite fucking character and I loved Dan Slott's run on Spider-Man like we went to see the man we shook his hand when we we could do that a few years ago, but I'm not I'm not gonna lie and, and, and I'm a both Rod and I were big Fantastic Four fans like I love the Fantastic Four, and I'm not loving his Fantastic Four run I'm not it's okay I'm not loving it. And now that you do this, it's also especially after that storyline about uh, the 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 Fantastic Four X Men book. It literally ends with him in, in Krakow and kind of like indicating like, oh shit, all right, cool. This is going to be really interesting for both books, no? Like, and then it's like, oh no, never mind. That was all a yeah. joke. Well, <laughs> Forget I, about it.
4: I don't want to throw hate at a writer because I I I do freelance write myself, and you know you're you're playing in someone else's sandbox. You're you're figuring out how to like tell a story my thing is where is brand management you know what i mean because even in this story the way enter the phoenix ends right now i'm just yeah i'm just really you know what i mean i was like really (laughs) and you kind
1: of like bring up a factor that i had a question about so it's like so then slot reticoned that whole concept about franklin richards now When a writer does something like that, are there, like, inherent boundaries to what can be retconned? Do writers have, like, what's the term, like, carte blanche to just do whatever they want? Or is there, like you said, like, brand management like, whoa, whoa, buddy.
4: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what kind of sovereignty they have in the editorial office. I I did work at Marvel when I graduated from college, but Mm -hmm. I was in... That's uh, wild. uh, That's awesome. Left that out, did you? Oh, okay. <laughs> I was in their I was in their custom publishing division. So not as cool as editorial, but look, man, it was fucking awesome. We, you know, Amtrak would come to us and they would say, We want a comic book with the Fantastic Four, or Office Max would be like, give us Spider-Man. I think I I swapped those. I think it was Office Max and the yeah. and the Fantastic Four, but it's you know, there was a lot of approval. And speaking of DC, actually, Rod, I almost got a job in editorial at DC. And I was just waiting on the offer letter. This was right before they moved to, spoilers, they would move to their offices to Burbank and they would shut down the New York office in a significant way. I don't know if they fully shut down, but the position I was gonna get literally got terminated before it was offered to me. So you sit down and the way you're supposed to edit comic books is would this character do that? So to give you an example, there was a children's book with the flash. This was part of like my editorial test with DC and they were like, you know, proofread, edit these pages. And I circled, you know, like the flash flash going kind of like this, because it looks like the flash is hitchhiking and you can't have the world's fastest man hitchhiking. Hitchhiking, And that was actually one of the things they were looking for that was deliberately put in there. So Oh, wow. You know, I, that's what, when I'm, when I'm seeing, <laughs> that's cool. so when you're asking like chess when you're asking about like what level of jurisdiction and sovereignty do these writers have, I would imagine at the end of the day, they can come in with whatever ideas they have, but this is where editorial and brand management comes in gotcha. and they're like, don't do something like that. So I am baffled by, by Dan Slott's, you know, retcon and not because it was poorly written, but because, it was allowed it, fans, well, it was allowed like yeah, why gotcha, why okay. why would you let that go through editorial and, and think that the fans will be happy yeah. is there a larger story going on there with marvel wanting to compartmentalize their their brands exactly
2: and that and actually with that exactly because that's 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 super interesting about how the inner workings you know of Marvel fucking work right because exactly the editors are in charge of helping navigate certain things but obviously there's different decisions so I remember reading an interview by by Jonathan Hickman about how when he found yep. out that that happened right that and that he was like you know like yes we weren't expecting it you know he's like we were kind of thinking about it like it's it's he's gonna be a mutant you know. But he's like, but that happens. He's like, you know, we got the call from the editors. You know, that's what's gonna happen, Dan Slott, And he's like, you know, nothing wrong with Dan Slott. But he, you know, that's the story he's telling. All right, you know, and then he has to adapt, right? And then he's saying, but that's what happens yeah. when working with such a big fucking universe with so
4: many different writers. No, and I agree. Like, I just oh, okay. Again, it's just so shocking because Hickman got there first. And you would think that, like, hey, we were we've already carved out that narrative for Franklin. And when we spoke with Sina Grace, he walked us through that when he was, you know, writing Iceman, he wasn't allowed to use certain characters because, you know, and th- these are his words. He was here like Emma Frost is busy doing something else. <laughs> so wow. that's what I don't. My 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 oh, my big question mark for what was has been going on with editorial, like the actual weekly editorials. Is how much do everyone communicates, and I don't know what the answer to that is because I've worked at larger publishing houses. I get it; they're like thirty editors. It's impossible to get everyone on the same umbrella. Very but true. Isn't there like a a publisher or someone who's sort of overseeing everything and has an idea of the larger picture? I don't know. I don't. I right, it's, and it's probably
0: on Zoom now, yeah. right? Like whereas before they'd meet in a big room and like flesh out the storylines. But I'm kind of mad though because. In the first X-Men issue by Jonathan Hickman, I think that's when he confronts Reed, right? Because Reed wants to take Sabretooth or something like
3: that. Yeah. And they had yeah. that
0: standoff. And, and then he, as Scott walks away, he's like, hey, you know, Franklin, if you ever want to play, you know, come chill with me or whatever. I thought that was really cool. And retconning Franklin being a, um, not being a mutant kind of, I don't know, steps on that really
2: cool scene. No, and exactly that's the thing that kind of did hurt, right? Because it's exactly at the dawn of X, right? Boom, it's in the first fucking issue. This is happening, and then we have this mini event between the two books, and it kind of leads to that. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> like Dan Slott, like I don't give a fuck about any of that. I'm, I'm right now, and you know, and obviously we're not giving hate. Exactly. We're not. This is constructive criticism. Everybody's, in, and we can critique art, you know, because obviously I, dance I'm a slot. Dan Slott fan. I love it. Also, the same, the same way, I'm a Jason Aaron fan. I love Jason Aaron's work. Uh, especially his fun. Thor run, I'm not. I'm not loving his Avengers run that much. And the Enter the Phoenix event is like okay, all right. So 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 bringing it back home to Enter the Phoenix, right? So we do. I do think you know because Rod, it seems that you haven't read the books yet, right? So you're okay <laughs> spoiler with spoilers Do we're, it. We're gonna, we're gonna, do we're it. gonna drop. Do the, it. Some spoiler. Right, because so a big thing with this Avengers book is that they're connecting it with the idea that he started about the Avengers from. A I remember that promo scene.
1: Yeah. Funky. <laughs>
2: Which is kind of cool in a way. Like, I would love to have the action figures for that, you know, right? Because it's, like, fucking, like, Odin is, like, yeah. you know, the Thor of that day, right? And we got act- the, the the first Black Panther. We have Agamotto as fucking... Ghost Rider like on Doctor a mammoth, Social if i not
1: fucking yeah. mistaken.
2: <laughs> Which is... Dope. Yes, and we have. I want. I want to get a uh, uh, Day Spring's thoughts on what seems to be one of the first mutants, which is a very, very Jean Gray looking mutant, who's the f- a Phoenix host. You know, uh, 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 from back in those days. And then that has to connect somehow with this storyline because apparently they become Avengers. Like, no, you know, wasn't that like ten thousand BC. BC
1: or some wild number like that?
2: No, it's like a one billion DC, (laughs) you know, like something like that. Yeah, like something crazy, (laughs) like in the past, past. And now with the Phoenix is back, it's fucking doing all this shit, having people fight each other, very Dragon Ball Z contest kind of thing. And then we find out that the Phoenix manifests itself again as this Jean Grey cape woman to reveal...
4: (laughs) That's the image, true. though. That's true. the image. Be- very true, very true. Exactly, very true. That is exactly, that is
2: the imi- imi- <laughs> <laughs> image. Image <laughs> will be up right now here, as so we'll see. And um, that she reveals that she is. Spoiler alert.
1: Oh. mother. That means that Odin had sex with the Phoenix Force. <laughs> That might be like the first time. No, I mean now that that came out, it's not the first time somebody said <laughs> that sentence, but it's one
2: of the few times that sentence has ever been said. Yeah, to be to be honest, only he could probably if somebody's the gonna phoenix, make sweet love to the if phoenix, someone's gonna, gonna bang the, the phoenix fours. Well, Cyclops did bottom. too.
4: Cyclops did in Dark Phoenix. Mm. Damn, <laughs> they <laughs> had a sex mind. on the on the on the plateau <laughs> in New Mexico. Apparently, the Phoenix Force only likes alpha males—the most yeah. alphas of the alpha. <laughs> I don't know. Cyclops is maybe a leader, but I think he's probably submissive in other parts mm. of his life.
1: <laughs> I can definitely see the reasoning for that. I can see that. See I reasoning. can see but, that. But you know,
4: with with Cave Woman Phoenix, I. We, okay, so I I read some sort of like the built up to enter the Phoenix, and they do have a back issue. With the baby cave woman Phoenix being born, and you know she grows up and she meets, you know, a cyclops baby literally on the nose, and I'm just like, look, earlier on in this, you made it a point to say that Jean was not going to be part of it, right? We have the the scene where Jean tells Logan, "I feel it in my bones. The Phoenix is coming, not for me, for someone else." First of all, that's horrible characterization for Jean Grey because Jean Grey is a hero. She's the only one with knowledge, firsthand knowledge with the Phoenix. Her and Rachel and and you know a bunch of other people. She would be at the forefront, yeah. you know. To stop it. And actually,
2: that's a great that's a great point is because that, that feels like they're shitting on Tom yeah. Taylor's awesome X Men Red Run, where Jean Grey comes back right in her first act. It's like Nah, man, I'm gonna be active. I'm gonna be out exactly. there. I gotta save people. I'm a hero. Like really. <laughs> Take an exactly <laughs> the fucking Phoenix, a big ass power of fucking force of destruction and, and creation.
4: Yeah. Good. Nah, luck, right, well, good luck We're to that. I just I didn't really it. like that. And look, if you want to if you don't want to do a Jean Grey and the Phoenix story, again, which I understand, then don't fucking have a character with red hair holding a baby cyclops. That Very is true. like so fucking on the nose, like just just move it along, like do a story. that one line to write her out of it and then just divorce yourself from gene so that's i i would just want them to i still don't know the answer to this and maybe miguel you do i don't know why so many phoenix hosts now have red hair you know this started in avx with iron fist and finding out that the iron fist has ties to the phoenix and there was a phoenix wielder who could also do the iron fist and obviously that plays out a little later with hope But this is another character who predates Jean, who's an avatar for the Phoenix and has red hair and green eyes. And obviously Hope as well. Like, just just connect the dots for me. As as a stupid reader, just connect the dots for me. And that's the only thing I wanna, I want out of that, of this story with Jason Aaron, but.
2: Apparently the Phoenix Force is a ginger. (laughs) Yeah, it's just naturally a ginger. (laughs) It comes down to that. Exactly. <laughs> well, actually, and with that, we're speaking of that, because I have no idea exactly why she, uh, the Phoenix has an affinity for the redheads, right? Like, I'm not really sure. We'll see what the, what Jason Aaron tries to explain. One thing I'm not loving, though, about this run is like, so there, there's good, good and bad things, right? So for this, you know, as we were telling to the to the fans, right, a lot of random people, mostly Avengers and some other people were giving A piece of the Phoenix Force, right? And then it gives them some upgrade, quote unquote, of like costumes and looks and shit, you know? And some are kind of cool, some are not really. But some of those that I'm a little bit confused about is speaking about the hair. Like, for example, why do some of them, their hair changes specifically? Namor goes (laughs) blonde and it looks weird. I just don't like what. I don't know if you read my,
4: like, Insomniac-driven Instagram rant where I was just like, why does Namor have boy band hair when he's supposed to be a cosmic threat? I don't don't get that at all. And I think some of them look really great, like T'Challa. Yeah. Fuck, man, what a boss.
1: My personal favorite uh, Phoenix transformation, I would say, would have to be Luke Cage. Oh really? (laughs) That I enjoyed that. It was a tribute to the old costume. Yeah, yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, That was amazing. That was amazing. And I also love the fact that Captain America kind of looks like a baby Gundam. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Like, like, man,
1: like I loved I loved all of the transformations to the point that like I would want like a live action. Like whole feature of this to be made by who's the dude um, that made the shitty Batman movies? Schumacher? Dol Schumacher? He's dead, get, get Oh, R. I. R- P. R- <laughs> Schumacher. But
2: I'm gonna finish. No. no, no, no. Phoenix has to come back. Bring yeah. back to life, <laughs> okay. and then get and then make no. its
1: own movie. <laughs> just, just because I want to see those giant toy people.
4: I, I thought yeah, Shang-Chi's yeah. look Looked very much like Robert Kirkman's Invincible The black hair with the yeah. costume It just really popped It popped oh. on panel for me and I love that combination Of a character with like black hair And having a yellow costume Because it just looks beautiful on screen Or on <laughs> panel in this case Yeah
3: Yeah <laughs>
2: No, and exactly, and with that, that begs the question. So, right, so well, actually, first of all, we didn't we did get into this. What do you guys think about the Phoenix Force being Thor's what mom? It, like, what is
1: you? I'm down. <laughs> right, wait, I'm it, down for time. Odin banging the Phoenix Force. I want to see that flashback. I want to see Odin courting the Phoenix Force. I want to see how that played out. And I'm just now. I just want to know is like, so did he lie to Freya? Like, what was that about? You know what I mean? Like, is Freya like the new Hera? You know what I'm saying? like no
2: I think I think it's always been assumed that Freya is the adopted mother of of, of really? Thor really I, yeah, yeah, I know. yeah I think that's always been know a, 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 I think that's always been established oh, wow. so there's always been a mystery I think about who Thor's mom might be I, I have to, I have to fact check this but I remember something about that especially in the last because uh, I think if anything Jason Aaron was setting that up in his Thor run because he I remember there's moments where they speak like where Freya says like I still you're my son. I don't care if you're not like actually my son, but like you're my son. And so there is something there. Uh all right, but so so Day Spring, Rod, what do you guys think about Thor being, you know, his mom's the Phoenix? What do you think? Dayspring. Um
4: I sure. Sure. Why not? <laughs> why not? Like, it's Thor. Like, I, I don't I don't know what to say. I mean, what does that mean? I mean, first of all, like Angela who is you know Odin's son you know from the spawn verse now in the in the Marvel Universe he has that going on now we have Odin and the Phoenix <laughs> and now Thor is I don't get it I just don't get it and I guess when you're reading this Thor keeps saying I have so much experience with the Phoenix and all that and the, it's not again like the actual I just want to say the actual writing by J- Jason Aaron is not bat. You're reading the story. When you come to that conclusion, you're like, oh, that makes sense. Something would have happened with Thor because they've been building up to that, and this is a breaking point, and the seeds have been planted. I just, I don't like the implications with that, man. Like, what? Like, And what does that mean if you're a Phoenix holder, Phoenix avatar? Like, are Thor and Jean now like kindred siblings? I, I don't know. Wait,
0: wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, guys. I'm a little confused. So... We're talking about that the redhead cave woman yeah. and the phoenix, they're they're not one and the same, right? They're two different beings. Well, so So Odin had right. sex with the cave lady or the force or the force in the cave lady. So
4: the cave lady is only known as Lady Phoenix in in this run. I mean, I think she gets like a nickname. I wrote it down here. Let me see what what her nicknames are.
1: I'm gonna choose to believe that Odin had sex with a giant
2: flaming cosmic bird. <laughs> I d- That's what I'm imagining. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I I don't know, because 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 the thing is in those because right in, in this prelude stories to this, like right. So because supposedly this, you know, redhead cave woman is a mutant and and, and they're being shown as cave, cave people. And then the Phoenix Force arrives and becomes, yeah. you know, joins forces with her. And then they, you know, have adventures and shit and become the Avengers from back in the day with Odin. And but we exactly but we don't know exactly did, did he have sex with a cave woman possessed Phoenix person kind of thing and then led the Thor or was it with the actual yep. bird itself because Thor encounters the Phoenix force in the in the Shear Asgard Shear War, uh, which is written by Jason Aaron, which is a dope, dope book, which in, which is actually led by Jane Foster Thor and has Odin's son. And it's a whole big mess and in but they yeah. fight the phoenix
4: you know like so the the actual fucking phoenix so force. if he i don't i i read it as he had sex with the the human possessed by the phoenix in the same way that cyclops did with jean in the days of future past timeline and they had rachel summers so that's kind of like yeah. how i'm you know odin just happens to be a god so again one question does that make you know gene and thor like spiritual siblings the second one does that mean thor is like rachel and now he can tap into the phoenix like his mother
3: oh i don't
4: know are we gonna see like is he gonna be the avatar in the end is he gonna be imbued with the phoenix force oh Oh, uh, Jason, Aaron, are you listening right Can't now? Know, Take right no. We right have there. good That's, questions. So again, because Rachel is the son of Phoenix and Cyclops from Jason of Future Past, and she naturally can access the Phoenix Force.
2: And and actually, with that, that gives a good, brings us back to the whole editorial stuff about what's happening, right? Because obviously, right now, Thor is being written by Donny Cates, and and also it's actually a pretty fucking cool run I'm, I'm i'm enjoying it a lot and he's taking the thor where jason aaron left it further and getting more cosmic and more because at the end of jason aaron's thor run thor is now um the almost he said the all father yeah. odin steps down and he's the all father and he's really dealing with that kind of stuff like i'm assuming if that's going to be the case jason aaron has to communicate with donny Cates about like all right i'm gonna throw this at you you know thor is going to be the next phoenix uh, host or something which oh but but no but thor's not in the tournament though so it's supposedly one of the tournament people is going to be
4: it, is it, does it have to be the tournament people okay sure i mean i mean sure <laughs> we're Why gonna not? end <laughs> we're gonna end with phoenix
1: black panther versus thor some crazy shit is gonna happen and then we're gonna end up with thor phoenix son
0: yeah, I mean, All right, I'm, I'm right there. Now Another, I have a follow-up question. So where can fans read this 1 million BC adventures? Because I'm in, I'm sold. Is it a
2: mini or is it an mini? I think ongoing? it was a mini from a while so- back, right? So it's it's actually both. So when they, I think after Secret War, no, I don't remember when, but they came out with the Avenger or their like Legacy Marble Legacy book. That's where they introduced them uh, officially. But to really read about them is in the Jason Aaron Avengers run, and you kind of have to read the whole run because it's like in it, you know, randomly. Like, cause like the first story starts like about the Celestials and Loki. Then there's another arc about Namor, and there's another arc about. I remember what it was the next one. Oh, then the, the Age of Conscious, which is actually kind of fun with Moon Knight. Actually, Moon Knight was the host of the Phoenix for a hot <laughs> second cool. and beat up the fucking Avengers. It was actually kind of fun to, to watch. Um, and, and so, but they mentioned that Avengers BC. So you really have to read the whole Aaron Avengers run uh, to get to that. And speaking of that, like, I think what's kind of cool about that, what I believe I, I've enjoyed about the Enter the Phoenix event, is I feel like it's like fucking 90s you know Miguel fucking you know teenager Miguel I it, it, it's enjo- I feel like I'm, I have my action figures and I'm fighting and I'm playing with them I'm like and like it, it, that's kind of fun like it is visually- the art was amazing
4: the art was amazing and you know like any like neuroses picking things apart here it's just because I'm a crazy thing, <laughs> Grace stan but like objectively it's not here's the thing objectively I didn't think it was a bad story I, I was shocked at how great the narration was and how great the character development was and, and how these characters each have their own motives. So it's not by any means poorly written. I'm just like, as a crazy Gene Grey fan, like, why does this story need to be told? And why are there so many plot holes here? So I'm with you, man. I think it's a fun story. It It is fun.
2: No, right, because what you're saying, because that's the biggest issue for me with this. It's like, all right, if you're going to do it, all right. I'm going to trust you, Jason, but like... This is has a lot of history, man. There's so much fucking history, you know, so, you know, you can't ignore it or just, like, fucking, you know, do some whatever deus ex machina (laughs) thing to just make it make sense, and that's why, you know? Like, no, give me a really good narrative, especially with the fucking hypocrisy from ADX, right? It's like... You had issues with fucking the X-Men trying to control the Phoenix, but now you're like, all right, fuck it, we'll figure it yeah. out ourselves. Well,
4: like, I- I'm glad I forgot who was who who was the one who said it, but they were like, all this is gonna do is lead to the Avengers versus the Phoenix again. And I was like, fuck yeah, like that's exactly it. But again, if I were the Avengers and I'm at Avengers Mountain and I'm monitoring, you know, the Phoenix and what it's doing, I just think from an Intel basic 101, like you would bring in jean gray rachel summers you know the phoenix five to examine what is going on here and and I, that's a little leap that i couldn't make and i get it there was that line where they said we're keeping all telepaths away for their own safety yeah boom, <laughs> beautiful again masterful oh, yeah. but yeah. bring 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 Gene in on zoom you know what i it mean like like give us a debriefing <laughs> here like I just don't, like, you know, th- those are like the little nitpicks. And like, I get it. You want to tell story. You can't have every story, every character there. And, you know, there are characters like Shang-Chi who are now going to be major players in the Marvel Universe or Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I understand and love that he's there. I think, again, I thought he looked, boss in that costume he looked great in his costume and the way he was just meditating there with Hyperion like, yeah that was that I was mean, my favorite match yeah. that was my favorite match fucking badass there and I you know I'm not gonna be one of those comic book people when the Shang-Chi movie comes out I'm like wow I know everything about him I actually don't know much about Shang-Chi and now it was such a pleasure to be reading his story and seeing that representation on panel but you know at the same token I, I feel like the story is forced you know, having, like, sort of, like, these major, <laughs> yes. I love Doom in it. I thought Doom was great yes. when Doom was, like, you know, like, Phoenix, whatever you're, like, like looking I'm for. I'm not the one. I'm out, like, and that's, like, Jason Aaron just understands these characters, because Doom is never this guy who's here, like, hey, I'm going to torch the earth, fuck everything, like, Ju- <laughs> Doom has an agenda behind everything he does, and we saw that,
2: word like it doesn't get more doom
4: than that right like doom at the
2: beginning is like all right we're gonna do great things with this power and then he figures it out he's like oh i am what good. you're doing yeah. i'm out doom forfeits i'm out mm-hmm. and he's out and like and i love that the phoenix isn't like no you have to fight no the phoenix is <laughs> like okay bye she's so like thank you
4: next like i want steve Rock. She, the phoenix is a stand of chris evans like i get it you know what i mean like it's fine. there's
1: like two quick points that i wanted to make um I was telling this to Miguel before we started recording that I actually was gonna come at the both of you, Mago, um, <laughs> and you, Day Spring, because unfortunately, you guys are too vested as Marvel fans. So you guys like you guys like the story, but you guys have your handcuffs. I read these three issues completely out of context. And I was like, yeah, tournament. Everybody's a Super Saiyan. There's an Avengers mountain. Like, what? Okay. But
4: that's because it's not bad. Again, it's not a badly right, written right. story. And it's a fun story. And it's exactly what Miguel said. It's like you're sitting down with your toys and playing. It's a great story. That's right. right. But you, bro, you like it fucking read right there. Like you're just spilling the tea there, man. Like, yeah, I got my hangups. Yeah, exactly.
1: Like, you know N-Y. what? Like,
4: like, like, Come like to jersey. Come like the jersey. I,
1: I'm sorry for the both of you because that shit was like, I don't care. This was awesome. I'll take the Mortal Kombat Avengers Phoenix Force event, whatever the case it
3: is. Now,
2: <laughs> and to be honest, I, I'm I'm a little bit jealous of you, because right? I, I when we spoke off 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 screen, you know, off screen about this, you because know, I did feel like you're right because I do have the same thing as you, Day Spring. All these fucking nuances, all these hangups, my connection to the X Men. Yeah, I'm like, I feel personal, and like chess is just enjoying yeah, it for what it's it a is.
1: water slide for Completely me, like, like okay.
2: <laughs> and then also my second point
1: was, and I'm sure that um Rod is gonna appreciate it um because um he'll read the books eventually. Um. this is gonna like it's gonna sound stupid but props to Hyperion <laughs> <laughs> the man literally chose to be close-minded and gave up the phoenix Sports on conviction
4: he literally yeah. said like I can't be this open-minded <laughs> You're and right. then lost yeah, yeah. it was that, again that was such a great scene it was the best it, it's one of the best scenes there of of all of the the fights we saw like Right, exactly.
2: For the fans out there, Daisy, do you want to walk us through like yeah, what yeah. happened? What, 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 what
4: did Hyperion well, so go So I think the implication is that when the Phoenix you guys can probably help me with this because I it was a little murky for me. So traditionally, when the Phoenix possesses a host, they now become telepaths, right? And they can like feel it, they can hear thoughts, everything. And so they have this rapport with the Phoenix and whispering it. And Hyperion, like really closed himself off from it and like just like (laughs) falls down before Shang-Chi who's just meditating there and doing the opposite and just like inhaling all of it and focusing it so he's yeah this
2: reminds me like a little bit of I think it's kind of like almost similar-ish to the power cosmic that Galactus can imbue, the people that, like, for Silver Server, he has, like, fucking yeah. consciousness across the fucking universe. That's such a great word. Exactly, so with the... F- yeah, and so, like, with the phoenix, is exactly like it's, it's uh, the tele- t- telepaths are, you know, ex- enhanced. And they have this almost cosmic type yeah. of awareness, <laughs> which is too much for. No, exactly. Like, like, he's
1: such a fucking
4: narcissist that he turns <laughs> down cosmic awareness. He's like, wait, it's not about me. I'm like, good. No, I'm good. thanks. But thank you. Yeah, oh, yeah, I well, when you say cosmic awareness, though, I think of Ultimate Alliance where you had to like play a Silver surfer, you could play a Silver Surfer, and you had to like put in stats and points for his cosmic awareness. So like, I love yes. that. Yeah, no, I, but I don't know too much about Hyperion. I didn't know he was such a narcissist. I, again, it's it was just I, I the, what I took from the scene was a contrast of someone like Shang Chi and then Hyperion, and you know, one is very ego driven, the other one is, you know, selfless. So. I Yeah, I mean, sure. I, I'm i here for the ride. I <laughs> See, see, I'm telling you, man, if you just give up
1: everything that came before it, just don't care <laughs> about it, just embrace it in all its grandeur. It's an amazing experience.
4: But I love that Wolverine thinks he knows about the White Hot Room and he's here like, we're in the White Hot Room, blah, blah, blah. And he, and he gives whatever explanation he did. And I'm just like, mm, sis, listen, go have your beer, go have your Bud Light. <laughs> Like it's Bob, Bob, like <laughs> I,
3: yeah.
4: I don't, I guess because of natural proxy to Gene, he would know about it, but I don't know. Again, that, that's where I think yeah, exactly. need that's what I was thinking. Like I mean, you know, like probably like all, all that, you know, like Phoenix pillow talk. Well, yeah. Well, you do know they're having like a threesome on Krakoa, her Wolverine and yeah, Cyclops. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you know, Jean's there talking about like the Phoenix and the White Room, and the boys are like, um, "We just want to have sex." Like, yeah, we're yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> here we go again. Like, yes, all right, we, yes, yes. We got it. Phoenix, we got okay, it, Jean. Right. You were the Phoenix. You were in the White Hot Room. Shh, you know. <laughs> but it's. Yeah, it's interesting to see where those characters, you know, have gone, especially recently, and 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 Wolverine and and him being closer and them confirming a relationship with Gene. So I think it makes sense that True. he would know. As I'm talking out loud, I'm just talking out loud right now.
2: Right, 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 right.
4: All right. And I think
2: now the burning question, ah, no pun intended. <laughs> like, pun now, intended. Before we wrap up. <laughs> before we wrap up, is like, all right, so who are your guys' bets on who do you think out of those who are in the tournament? Who will be uh the Phoenix? Right, hang on, like, let me look think? at
4: everyone who's there. Where we're
2: chief, all right. Just to throw out a reminder because like, I'm going to mention those who are still okay, go, go. there, right? Because I think we have Jane Foster, uh, Valkyrie, we have um, uh, She Hulk is still there, uh, isn't it? An image, too. Yeah. She Hulk, she's still there, exactly. Black Panther, Captain America, American Eagle, Black Knight. uh, uh. Devil, Black Knight, Namor, of course, Wolverines there, and I think those are the only ones. Oh, and Shang Chi and Red Widow. I think those are the only ones that remain. I'm going Cap-
4: wow. wow, I'm 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 such a pessimist right now. I'm thinking of like what would serve the movies in the future. <laughs> Captain Phoenix. Captain Phoenix. I. God, T'Challa looked Black Panther looked boss. I mean, I love that look. I think, I think Chas is what you said that he's gonna be imbued with the Phoenix. I think Thor is gonna get the Phoenix at the end of this run somehow. Like whoever goes to, let's say it's Captain America or Black Panther, oh. Thor is gonna be like Phoenix imbued in Thor some way. Phoenix. So I'm gonna say Thor, even though I acknowledge he's not in the tournament. But in the tournament, I'm gonna say Black Panther. Mm-hmm.
2: All right, no, no, no. But Thor, you're right. You're right. We'll allow as long as you can reason. It, <laughs> okay, we're, we're, we're okay. allowed. That's so a, Thor. Thor's. And answer. we have, and so and Rod, you said Shang-Chi?
1: Rod, he me, can he hear you hear? Oh
2: we might have technical difficulties it tends <laughs> to happen sometimes <laughs> and, and, like, right, and that said. is the and
1: that is right. the beauty of working with zoom
2: <laughs> oh man i know exactly so so i think rod said shang chi but he's <laughs> muted and he's not talking like <laughs> <laughs> so uh, but yes i i for me i think i would have to say um, uh, i was thinking shang chi as well because of the mcu <laughs> you know and, and what's coming up with that but i'm torn between that with shang chi and jane foster uh valkyrie she's great just because i know jason aaron has a soft spot yeah, for her right you know like Jane jason aaron's like really taking her through an adventure becoming Word. Thor, and then becoming valkyrie and like co-writing the valkyrie mm-hmm. book and and so that makes me think that that might be because because it's either one of those two because like neither one of them is going to be hugely repercussions to the sh- to the mcu i mean to the marble you know proper books you know because they can just go away <laughs> to the space and nobody's going to really nobody going to care but Shang-Chi I think might work in terms of like the movies and giving him more attention yeah. but if I have to pick I'm going to go with uh Shang-Chi okay. I think it's going to okay. be him
4: yeah no I I agree I I think whatever is going to service the MCU in the future cuz we know Kevin Feige now has a say in editorial with uh with with the books so let's see in, on top of Marvel Studios so let's Damn.
1: see and pa- oh and word. part of the reason why I'm also going to give McGill, some credit. Um, because you also said um Shang-Chi as well, right? Yeah, yes. I'm yeah. giving that some credit because of the fucking failure that Iron Fist was. They need to yes. they need to make up for a powerful, <sighs> like martial artist, eastern culture base hero and not be a blonde white boy. So they're gonna give the Phoenix for chi <laughs> and put him on a cosmic level. Like, yeah, we're sorry about that whole thing.
4: Even beyond representation, which was so such a missed opportunity for the Netflix yeah, heroes. I, Finn Jones, what the heck? Like he's naturally a hippie, you know, movie star. Like he couldn't translate that in the way Robert Downey Jr. did that for Iron Man. So on top of it being offensive, it was just poorly written and it was by scott buck or buick whatever scott buck let's say scott buck who did one of the seasons (laughs) in dexter and did the inhumans and you know i was like the inhumans that you know was supposed to be the mcu's answer to the mutants a couple years ago it was just so bad like iron fist was awful awful yeah
1: but hey Mm -hmm. hopefully Mm -hmm. hopefully Shang-Chi will make up for that
4: yeah I can't (laughs) wait I'm so excited Shang-Chi is probably the character I'm most excited for the MCU and Marvel comics at large I'm so glad like I'm most excited for him
1: word and on that note um basically the only way we're gonna find out who's right if we just keep on reading it's (laughs) gonna continue on Avengers into the Phoenix part four on issue 43 right I believe yeah. so.
2: I don't know. Yeah, because it number, was forty, forty-one, yes.
1: forty-two. So that should be coming out soon. spring, It was an honor and oh, no. beyond a pleasure. <laughs> I, I must like. I'm gonna say it was on the level probably that Odin felt when he banged the Phoenix Force. <laughs> <laughs> That's how good it felt to have you on the I show. Mean, yes, you know,
4: I I am fiery. So <laughs> <laughs> definitely, I was gonna so, make a horrible joke. <laughs> oh man no guys i'm i'm such a stan of your podcast and everything. like i i just i'm so glad i can't believe i'm here like i could stay talking to you guys forever you guys are so smart (laughs) and like i love what you guys are doing dude your your stan lee tribute episode that was amazing and you you guys have been on top of it with the ray fisher i'm sorry the ray fishy drama (laughs) (laughs) and appreciate that it's such a, I love seeing you guys on, on, on the feed. You guys just rock. Like, i love what Thank you guys you. are doing.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Likewise, likewise very much. Right. likewise. The same thing, the
2: generation of X.
1: And so, to all the fans out there, friends, compatriots, Legionnaires, lovers, love you guys. Always a pleasure and an honor. This is Chez. And this is Miguel.
0: This is Rod. And before we finish, uh, Give a few links to your social media, Spring. Yeah. Where can yeah. they find you? So you can you?
4: find us on Instagram at Generations of X, and that's on Twitter as well. And if you have any questions, comments, just email at generationsofx at gmail.com. And come to Book Club February 28th.
1: Check them out. Check them out.
4: Yeah.
2: Laters. Legion on Zoom, starring and produced by Jose Perez, a.k.a. Chess, Rodney Martinez, and myself, Miguel Arce. Please subscribe on wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or shoot us an email at legiononzoom at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media at Legion on Zoom.